Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Mr. Kyra Morrison. How are you doing? Good, sir. I am doing quite well, Joel. Thank you for asking. Excellent. Have you recovered yet? Uh, look, it makes a world of difference when you finally do collapse back at home, you know? Yes. I was yeah. crashing at your place for the duration of PAX because it was just easier. Yes. And you were gracious yes. enough to allow me. But uh, yeah, getting yeah. home and laying in bed was just... Because uh, I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll get into bed at like 11 and chuck on some Netflix and maybe just chill out. <laughs> I woke up in yeah. the morning at like, it must have been 8 a, 7 or 8 a.m. And I just rolled over my, um, my laptop still up. Did I not shut that last night? And like I move a mouse, it's just like on one of the blank, like the ad screens for like Big Mouse season three. I'm like, oh, I definitely just fell asleep and whatever. Whatever I was watching is I have to go back and find where I was now. Uh, yep. No, no, of course, uh, PAX, was, uh, PAX Australia was this last weekend, just gone. Um, and we both went pretty hard all three days. Um, but yeah, considering I had to work last night, um, I felt a little bit rough yesterday. Um, but like waking up today, like I got home and sat on the couch and, and, um, like sort of wound down a little bit, didn't take that long. Uh, and then jumped into bed. I was pretty much straight asleep and I woke up at like, I think I got out of bed at like 10.30 today or so. Um, and I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good now, which is No sign of the PAX box on my end. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying to you, I think in a a conversation we were having over the weekend, like I'm always sick. I'm always like a little bit sick. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, no, I think I'm just, I think I'm just, I'm still just a little bit sick. So I'm going to take that as a win. Um, just a little bit croaky, a little bit sniffly, nothing too uh, major there. But, um, but uh, yeah, this is going to be our special episode that we do every year. We discuss packs uh, and the things that we played. Um, we both played a fair bit this year. Joel, um, you, you don't need to be modest. I played a handful of games. You, you played heaps. Like, well, in, so in terms many. of. Yeah, in terms of the, the the grand scheme of things, I usually end up playing a, bit, a little bit more just because I'll just walk up to a random indie and sit down and play. Um, but usually, like, I, I, I don't know, like, I'm speaking on behalf of you, but, like, with uh, yourself, when you, you usually like to, like, you line up for those big ticket games that you really want to play. Um, but things were run a little bit differently this year, so that sort of was slightly alleviated in a way, it, it, I guess. Sort of, I guess, yeah. We can talk about those when we get to those particular titles because... It was a weird thing where it was like a... Well, I shouldn't even say on a publisher-by-publisher publisher basis because only two of them really yeah. did it. Embraced it, but... Uh, and only yeah, one of them, like, one hmm. of them did... Was It was cool they had it, but... it Yeah, I don't know, man. We can talk about that when we get to those... The two games by that publisher. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, it was... I I, I mean, I appreciated how, what they did, but... um. Yeah, it was a bit of a wild card still anyway. Yeah, but, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, so yeah, this episode we're just going to talk about the stuff we played. Um, and yeah, there's a, a, a fair bit to, to get into. So well, shall we Shall we I was begin? I going to say, before we dive into the games, is there anything just in general about PAX? Because like, from this point, like after, once we start on the games, that's probably it until we finish. <laughs> yeah, well, I, okay. So there was a, 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 like, you know, I, I think the show is probably one of my favorites this year. I think in terms of what was on offer panels wise and games floor wise uh, and just the the general feel of the show like i just had a really good time this year 
Um, and like I always do have a good time, but this year I just felt like it was, it felt really good to be there all day. And I, I, I was tired, but it didn't really ruin me all that much, if that makes sense. No, yeah, that does. Um, like, cause it's easy some days to be like, oh, like on Saturday, I, any other year, cause I played two games on Saturday. I'm like, I only play, I only got to just mm-hmm. play two games. Normally I'd be a bit bummed, but yeah, just wandering around that place, even though it was that Saturday was the day that it was packed. So you never really, yeah. you never bank on playing anything really uh it was yeah. still really good just i just love being on that show floor walking the concourse with all the cosplayers just so oh, yeah so much incredible cosplay this year yeah absolutely um i i guess there's a, a couple of things i might we should like maybe touch on briefly here as well if we're talking about general show stuff uh we went to the concerts on the friday night oh yes we did really fucking good Please packs more of that, like having the yeah. Mega Man 3 composer over here, giving us a sweet little, probably like 40 minute Mega Man orchestrated suite with Suit Wizard. Just really good. Just incredible. And I then follow, following that, they also had uh, uh, the uh, which, uh, underscore, which was a, a collection of pieces of music from Australian video games. Um, and the four they had on offer were Florence, um, Ring of Pain, uh oh what was the other one was it agent oh, something oh agent, agent a, a yeah. yeah that's right the, the um puzzle in disguise or whatever which i hear is really good uh it looks like an escape room game essentially and australia's indie um, superstar yes hollow knight <laughs> um war boy oh uh so yeah like performed by like a you know i want to say like a probably like a 10 or 12 yeah, piece of orchestra. it wasn't very big but it was it was enough the music just sounded really good just loved it Oh yeah, it was really good. Reminded me how much I fucking adore Florence as well. Um, I just we need more of these concerts, please. Just more of this. That's yes. why I went to it, and I, I want to make I want to do my best to make Pax know that just I want that's what I want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of other things as well. Uh, I had a chance on the Friday. I went along to the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven uh, gameplay demo. So each day they did a, it was an hour long in in a theater of like gameplay and it's basically from what I gather from what I what, like from watching it and then from what I'd heard people who had watched it like from various media outlets like kind of funny or things like that it seems like the uh, E3 or the one of the other PAX's demos that they were doing behind closed doors for media um and it was really good it was like just an hour of gameplay they had the um uh, was it Holly her name uh, the community manager yeah, for... yeah, Holly Bennett, I believe. Yeah, so the community City manager for, for City Project Red, she was hosting it, and uh, one of the devs was playing uh, playing the game. Uh, and it was really cool. They showed, like, a whole bunch of different stuff. Got to see, like, skill trees and um, different builds as well in action. So, like, they, they had, like, two different builds. They had, like, a strong solo build, which was, like, strength-based, essentially. Like, a lot of punching and just, like, blasting your way through scenarios. And then they had, like, the Netrunner, which... Um, uses like uh his little or their little like uh hack wire. They can like remote hack things. They can use that as a whip as well, and like basically cut people in half. Um, and like hack turrets and and yeah, it was really cool to see like different gameplay types and see like get an idea of how I'm going to start building like what type of character I want to play and and all that kind of stuff and how I want my V to be. Uh, and I got a free T-shirt at the end of it as well, which was pretty fucking cool. Um, and I think. The, was there anything else for you, that, that stuck out to you, Karen? Uh In terms of panels, I didn't make it to many this year. It was only really the concerts and that hilarious Doom Eternal playthrough, uh, which was happening just after the concerts. Uh, but yes. honestly, I have 
I have certain things sort of marked. Uh, there's one in particular from a GameSpot feeder on day one I want to go back and check out. And thankfully, their stream archive is up on YouTube. So I'll just have to scroll through that and find it. But yeah, cool. first, but like there was a lot of really good panels that I wanted to go to. But as always yeah. with PAX, is just at any given time when you're doing something anywhere in that, at that place, like there's something else equally as fun you could be doing somewhere else. So you just have to, sometimes you just got to make the tough calls. You got to prior, like, prioritize what you really, really want to do. That's hard because, um, yeah. Well, I, the the last thing I wanted to bring up that's sort of like just general show related sort of leads into like the first game I've got on my list that I played, um, which was the Q Hall. Um, that's not the game that I played, but the Q Hall itself. Well, let's uh, be, like, so queuing was a game we played a lot. Yeah, exactly. It was. Um, and sa- Friday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday, we we were in like in the thick of the Q Hall, um, and as or, like the last three years i think it's it was uh sponsored by bethesda so a lot of bethesda stuff going on but obviously with you know doom eternal being playable on the show floor and well we thought was going to be coming out very soon has been pushed back but um there was like they were playing like a whole bunch of different trailers from their e3 presser this year so things like we they played like the ghostwire tokyo trailer uh, the deathloop trailer lots of elder scrolls online um, Cyberpunk, I, not Cyberpunk, um, Wolfenstein, Youngblood trailer, all that stuff. And we're like, yep, cool. This is all good. And then like the last 10 minutes or so, uh, or throughout the whole thing, this was occurring as well, but it really kicked into overdrive in the last 10 minutes. But the last 10 minutes, they sort of played a whole bunch of Doom stuff, which one, it was great because we just got to listen to Mick Gordon for 10 minutes over like giant speakers in this echoing room. Um, but they also had pyrotechnics inside, um, there was like uh, like little like fl- flame curtain things that were like lit up along like a bar, and there was like flame jets that would fl- like that were synced to like the music and the trailers and stuff, and then they would like they did spin around as well and do like spinning arcs of fire. Yeah, the, the um, ring was only really used for Fallout seventy six, I noticed, which I guess makes sense given yeah. the title song is Ring of Fire. So yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it was it was pretty cool, and then like they did like the countdown, like that they did like a, a final minute countdown. So from 60 seconds down and at the end of that, like there was actual like, like pop, like popper firework things at the top that were like, like sounded like gunshots going off. And then it was just like launched into some Mick Gordon soundtrack from, from doom. And, uh, and yeah, just played the trailer while I was like loading people into the show floor, which I thought was a really cool. I, it, it certainly got me very hyped. Um, like each day that we walked through that queue hall, I was like, this is what I needed to get me fired up for the day. Um, I don't want to say that was the entire reason why I felt pretty good uh, all weekend at the show floor, but, you know, definitely there was an influence there. <laughs> yeah, it, it does get um, me excited for, for the other things you could do with that queue hall. It's just that Bethesda's only one paying, unfortunately. So, well, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, so I, I obviously like you know the, the, the talking about the Doom stuff in the uh, queue hall. Uh, Doom Eternal was playable on the show floor. Uh, it took a day or so for me to realize how things were operating with that demo, um, which is similar to a couple other games that we're talking about, and it was what we were sort of alluding to before. Um, <clears throat> so uh, they were running via appointments. So basically, what you did is you got there in the morning, you go to the booth, you'd line up, and you'd book an appointment. And then once all those appointments are gone, they close the lines for the day. Um, it was pretty, I, I, I like it was pretty genius of them to have like a smaller space. Like they were like, cool, we've only got this space to work with. 
lots of people are going to want to play it. How are we going to sort of maximize this uh, the best way we can? And I think they did a really good job. Um, it just wasn't really communicated very well. Um, and unless you went up and asked about, like, because on that first Friday, we were walking by, I'm like, man, Doom Eternal's got no line. What the fuck's going on there? And it wasn't until we went and spoke to one of the reps that was running it, they were like, yeah, it's appointment-based. You've got to line up in the morning, get your appointment, then you just come back, like, 15 minutes before your appointment time. I was like, oh, okay. So I was going to try it on the Saturday, but we were just a little bit later getting into the show floor. And also because it was Saturday, so it was flat out. Yeah. Um, and I just missed it. Um, but then the Sunday managed to get into the, um, the queue for a, a, appointment bookings and I, I booked an appointment and I played Doom Eternal. It was a half an hour demo, um, on PC, uh, went through like a really basic tutorial with you showing you like all the, like the different movement you could do and different, um, some of the mods and upgrades that they've sort of added in this one. Um, and that was pretty cool. So things like, uh, so you've got your chainsaw again, which is used like it's a it's a finite resource one. You've only got a certain amount of fuel for it, um, but you basically use it to cut. It's like a one hit kill on an enemy, um, and it will burst into like a shower of ammo. So if you're running low on ammo, it's the way to regain ammo as quickly as possible. So um, so it's the same as Doom 2016 then. Absolutely, same thing. Yeah. Um, and the the, the 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 bigger the enemy, the more fuel it uses. So if you, you you've got to make sure you're trying to like find fuel for it whenever you can. So you've got it there ready to go. Uh, so you can hit those slightly bigger enemies to get a, a lot more ammo, basically. Um, but they've also got the um a, a new element which is very similar sort of situation. It's called I think it's called the flame belcher, and it basically operates like a revenant's like cannon on its shoulder on uh, on the uh, doom slayer's shoulder. So basically it like pops up and it's like a little flamethrower that'll just like burst out a, a shot of flame and burn an enemy. Uh, and then once you kill that enemy, they'll drop armor. Um, so there was like a tooltip screen that basically said, uh, it was it was titled, take what you need from the enemy. And it was basically like, need ammo, use the chainsaw. Need armor, use the flame belcher. And, and like uh, looking for, I can't remember what you get from glory kills. I think Is, it's isn't like it health? health, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's like you need health, do a glory kill. And then there's also another ability that they have, which is like a super melee, I think it's called. I can't remember the exact title, but it has like knockback on it. It can like knock a whole bunch of enemies away and like basically eviscerate them in one hit. Um, and it's it's run off a meter and it builds up the more glory kills you do. So if you keep doing glory kills, you're going to build up that meter to do that super melee attack. Nice. Um, yeah, so really cool. Um, we were discussing this as well after we went to that panel. Um, we, we were talking about how it feels like it feels very video gamey. Oh, it's super video um, gamey this time. Yeah, and I like I I can understand. We were both in, under the uh, impression of like we can see why people might not appreciate that. Um, but I think it was really good, especially with the pacing of a game like Doom or Doom Eternal, where it's so fast paced and you just want to you want to feel powerful. You want to feel like get, running through that you're just like. Combine like everything combined with the music, with the power ups, with the gameplay itself, and the pacing. You just feel like badass, and it's a it's a a good feeling to have when you're playing a game like this. Um, and that is super prevalent in in Doom Eternal from what I've played. Um, so it basically took me through like uh the 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 demo started with um that scene from one of the trailers with uh Doom Slayer walking through the space station on Mars. And everyone's slowly realizing that the Doomslayer's there and like sort of freaking out a little bit and then walking over to the guy with the 
um, the red oh, the key card yep, yep, yep. and grabbing it, like grabbing just the lanyard and the key card and dragging the guy over to the uh, the keypad and, and tapping it. And then like the two guys going, hey, you're not supposed to be here. And then just walking over and grabbing the plasma rifle off him and walking into the elevator. So it, that's where it started, the demo. And then from there, it was just a whole bunch of stuff on Mars, lots of stuff to kill. Um, really got to see the, because um, they talked a lot about that when they announced it, uh, the uh, like the dynamic gore, I guess. is I can't remember. I think they have a name for it, but it's like a, the dynamic gore system. So basically when, you, when you're hitting an enemy, especially bigger enemies, because like the smaller ones don't really stand up that long um, if you're doing a good job. But uh, like when you're fighting some of the bigger, like sort of, not even mini boss enemies, just bigger enemies. You can see, like, the more damage you do into them, the the worse off they look. They're looking pretty gnarly, and like bits are falling off them and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I, I thought that was really good because it's it's a visual indicator of how well you're doing. Because you're like, cool, I am actually make, doing damage to this enemy, and it's hurting them, and I can see that just from looking at them. Um, uh, I did a whole bunch of glory kills in there as well. There's a whole bunch of like sort of old favorites back. Um, my favorite one I think I did because the Doomslayer's also got a like essentially a wrist blade. <laughs> it's just like a like a giant serrated knife that like comes out from the top of his um, arm, like his forearm, and you can sort of like pop it out at will. Uh, it's mainly used in glory kills. I think it's used in the melee as well. I think he pops it out when he does the melee, um, or it might even be the super melee, and that's why it does so much damage. Um, but yeah, there was one. There was like this, like, this level grunt, this grunt enemy running at me. I can't remember the names of them. But um, I basically like got the glory kill, activated it, and I like like kicked him. I like I, I swept along his legs with the knife and ripped his legs off, and his torso sort of, and head sort of went up into the air. And then on the swing back, took his head off. So it was just like this shink shink, um, and cut him into three bits. And I was like, this is great. This is exactly what I wanted from this game. Um, it is so much fun and I was very, very, very sad when the demo was over. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, there's climbing now, so you can, there are certain points very like, you know, like your, your uncharted adventure game sort of vibe. There's like walls where you're like, I can climb that. If I jump into that, I can actually climb up. Um, so there's a lot more jumping puzzles. Um, I can't remember if the dash was in 2016. I don't think it was, honestly. Yeah, so there's a dash now as well. At the point in the game that I was playing at, it, I, I had two. So um, basically I had a double jump and I had two dashes. So maneuvering around, even just in combat, just around the arenas, like felt really good. Just like double jumping in the air, like really high up and then dashing off to the right so you're out of the way of enemies fire and then landing behind someone and just getting a glory kill on them. Um, but it's also used in platforming puzzles and stuff as well, which didn't feel too bad. Um I I have to wait and see in the full release how many times they do that and how in depth they get. Um, but the one thing that sort of like, from that panel that we went to that we took away is they were really emphasizing the secret stuff and and like the rewarding exploration. And even in that half hour demo that I had, I I already found like two or three secrets. Um, they were fairly obvious or like they'd be like telegraphed so that you see it through a locked door and you're like, cool, how do I get in there? So you like backtrack a little bit, go around, oh, there's nothing there. You keep moving forward and you sort of almost forget about it. And you'd see like a, a, sli- a door off to the right that you're like, oh, cool, maybe I'll go through there. And you'd come back around at that door and there's the secret there for you to pick up. Well, because yeah, normally the Doom or any, any sort of you know video game worth their, worth their weight uh, will have those sort of secrets 
to tantalize you, but then they also generally, because I know Doom 2016 had heaps of these, just like... Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, this is the secret you can see the hint of, but there are other ones just that are buried, and you really have to sort of go exploring for it. And I do appreciate that sort of, like, level design, so that at least if you're not willing to go the whole like the whole distance to find all those nitty gritty secrets at least you get the you do get the small aha moments of like finding the simple yeah. ones yeah and they've really like sort of doubled down on this one in this one and and um they're still like telegraphed on your map as well um which is really uh, really handy as well so you can sort of see where it is and you're like cool i'm gonna focus if you're trying to go for that partic- uh, particular secret or for like a completion run or anything like that you can focus in on that area and be like cool all right let's let me backtrack around this area and sort of work your way out to try and find your way into that that secret area um but yeah look uh the other, i guess the other thing that was pretty noticeable as well is there's cutscenes now um I think we were, we were joking about something like we saw a cosplayer or something like that. Or we saw, no, we saw the statues in um, on the promenade of the the Doom Slayer, and it had like a human face. Yeah. We're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about the the. I didn't bring this up with you, Karen, though, but um, it. The, I don't know how I feel about like the, the Doom Slayer seeming at like like having like a humanoid features, at, like facially especially. Um, you see that in the game in the cutscenes. That's that's what he looks like. Um, so I was like. Oh, okay. Interesting. So that is a thing. All right, cool. So yeah, there's a point where like it, the camera swung around. And I was like, I saw his face. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. It looks exactly like the, uh, and it, it almost it it looks like a like a modern version of the little pixelated guy down the bottom of the screen in like the the classic Doom games. Like uh, I was like, oh, I can I can see what they're doing here. They're like they're sort of linking it in a way, I guess. But um. But yeah, I really enjoyed Doom Eternal. I cannot wait to play it. I have to wait longer now, which makes me sad. Um, it makes my fantasy video games league team sad because that was going to be my that was my last like ace in the hole to earn shot, some points. Oh man, I'm done. I, even even if like the Outer Wilds comes out and is like uh, the Outer Worlds, sorry, comes out and is like a a masterpiece, like ten out of ten game, I am beyond saving now. I think our league has become really a two horse race. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's just that like we're all sort of sitting back now watching uh, how things play Death out. Death Stranding and Luigi's Mansion are the ones that we're all watching. Those are the deciders. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, Doom Eternal. I'm very excited for it. Um, I'm glad I got to play it, uh, and I will probably, I'm no doubt, 100, percent we'll be talking about it again on the show once it comes out because I fucking love Doom 2016. It's a really good game. I think it's one of my favorite video games. I just like everything about it. Um, so yeah, excited to do to uh, to dive into it more in the future. Uh, is there anything? Do you want? Should we get? Uh, should we get your your hype moment out of the way? Would you like to 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 reveal your hype moment now, or would you want to uh, save it for? I mean, a bit if later you're on? starting with Doom Eternal, if you're leading with Doom yeah. Eternal, then I will also lead with future game of the year 2020 contender. <laughs> Probable front runner, right? Final Fantasy VII remake, which right you is, you went hands on. I, I did it. I queued for two goddamn hours and found out there would have been an easier way, but whatever, to play this game. <laughs> uh, but yes, I did finally get to play. Yeah, next year's game of the year, which was really it was really exciting. Obviously, that's yeah. Look, it, it was pretty cool when they announced that it was going to be there. Like it's. Um, I just remember thinking, oh, well, everyone in our friendship group is going to be 
chomping at the bit to get it hands on with that. And uh, and you guys did. Yeah, like, knocked it out of the park on Friday. The three, the three of us who really wanted to play it. Yeah, it was our first up on Friday. Much like how last year our first up was Smash. This was our first up this time. That's right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so I played the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo. It was the E3 one from this year. Uh, obviously, because as I played it, I've watched it, but also like you could, whenever I would go back to the XNB, it would be like, yeah, this is, the, the program was called Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, playable E3 Master. So yeah, it yep. was the E3 Master. It was in Japanese, which I didn't mind, um, but I was I was sort of hoping to hear the English voices, but because, yeah. mostly because of a recent trailer, it has been called out a little bit for the voices basically feeling like they were recorded just for that trailer. Like it's a weird way to do it, but like they feel very right. cut out, like weird dialogue that you won't hear in the full game. But anyway, okay. whatever. Minor issue, the Japanese was really good, obviously. It's nice to hear Japanese Cloud and Barrett from, from back in the old Advent Children days because I think the Japanese voice actors are the same. It's only the English ones they've recast as far as I'm aware. Okay. Could be wrong. Haven't been keeping up with the Japanese side of the uh, cast. But uh, yeah, so the demo was the boss fight against the Guard Scorpion, which is from the very start of Final Fantasy VII. It's, I remember that part. You should. I guess, yeah, that's one of the parts you would remember, yeah. I do remember that. Uh, yeah. So it's it was sort of, besides, beyond just being the Seven remake, it is incredibly cool to be playing that part in this beautifully realized world in Unreal Engine. And the characters yeah. looking exactly like they should, and the enemies looking exactly like they should. Topped off with, like, beautiful orchestrations of one of the best soundtracks in video games. It's just... It's really hard to put into words how satisfying it was to finally play this game, knowing that it, it isn't just some really elaborate hoax. <laughs> yeah, like, all, it, it all feels these, real. All these trailers, it's just like, yeah, okay, like, that's a really nice trailer. but And I know some people have played it, but what if that's all just, you know, a setup? What if we get to March next year and they go prank you? But I have played it now. So if they do that, like, I mean, they got me good, I guess. Yep. So, um, yeah, the, the basic setup of the demo is you are in the Mako reactor and you it, it featured basically, I would say, I want to say three very brief encounters with normal enemies, which was just to sort of get you, get a handle on the new combat, which is like, there are definitely comparisons to Kingdom Hearts, but as a few of us learned when we were playing it, we very ha- quickly had to sort of get that out of our minds because, yeah, first of all, X is an attack, which is... Okay. That's a weird thing to adapt to after playing action RPGs like Kingdom Hearts, and I I don't yeah. want to be say for sure about 15, but I feel like that was similar. Uh, maybe not. I, it, it could it, be wrong. It seemed, just from, like, watching the trailers for 7 Remake as well, like, I sort of looked at it and went... Oh, cool! It's Kingdom Hearts. Like it, yes. it looks pretty similar. So hearing you say that it, it isn't, like, uh, is interesting. It, it like it's not an unfair comparison because yeah, it is obviously everything happens in real time and you are pressing square to attack. But mm-hmm. the big the big change here is, and it sort of reminds me of Dragon Age Inquisition in a way where you would have uh, I forget its name. I think it was just sort of like tactician mode or something. Where yeah. gonna, you could you basically pause the game and sort of make decisions where that sort of is, exists in Seven Remake, but instead of it being a given, you build up your meter for it by just attacking the enemy as regular, and you you can see I think it's a little not just yet yeah, not just underneath their health bars, and once you fill one of those, you can press X, and when you press X, which isn't just mash attack like in Kingdom Hearts, instead this one will basically slow down time. It won't pause it which I think even makes it just way cooler, honestly. 
Oh yeah, seeing seeing everything moving super slow mo, and just mm-hmm. also letting you know that it's like, look, you don't have forever, but you have like nearly forever to make your decisions. You bought some time, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it slows down time to like super slow, and you basically just have full com- control of your your little command menu to do like attacks. You can cast magic. Very useful for some of those clutch cures you're gonna need to pull off. Uh, it's also how you will be doing your limit breaks, which. The ones that I used, just, it's incredible. Like, it's great seeing these things just fully realized, full HD, looking as good as you imagine. Like, in your mind, you imagine them looking this good. But re- in reality, if you go back to the PS1 version, obviously, not the case. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's sort of how you... It, it adds a more tactical layer to the this particular action RPG, which is actually really nice. It makes you think a little bit. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how the enemies and the bosses are implemented to sort of challenge that because more than once i forgot honestly as i was still getting used right. to this new system i was like oh shit i need to heal barrett and you can i'm pretty sure you can set shortcuts i don't know if there's an option to do it in the demo but i was like oh shit okay. oh, that's right i've got to press x go into that thing and heal him real quick and you can do it for items as well so it's not just cure okay. so yeah you do have the option to use items but uh yeah so that's sort of the more tactical side of things as far as the boss fight itself and even just the combat uh, just being able to swap freely between Cloud and Barrett was great. I think it, if you are in the slowdown mode, you can do it with the shoulder buttons, like L1 and R1. Or in just regular, regular combat, you just... I think it's up on a D-pad. Just sort of cycles through. Okay. So yeah, it's just really easy. If you if you can see a flying enemy and Cloud can't hit shit because he's a sword user, tap the D-pad, <laughs> yeah. jump over Barrett, he'll shoot it. No issues. Um, so, because like, in terms of like seven normally, the party size is three? Yes, it is normally a three-person yeah. party. And from all okay. we've seen in the trails, it looks like the remake will stick with that, which I... Yep. I mean, honestly, given given what we know about the marketing of seven and what they've said, <laughs> it shouldn't... It should be okay, because honestly, you'll probably only, at max in your party, have Cloud, Barrett, Aerith, Tifa... Red 13. That's it. Like five party members max yep. in this game unless they make some changes. I'm actually mm-hmm. wondering if they will do stuff with like Jesse and Begs and Wedge, Beg- Biggs and Wedge at the start. Like maybe make them more full party member-ish. I guess we'll see. Okay. This, this uh, is uh, going to be a bigger yeah. game, a bigger version of Midgar. So it would be cool to even maybe use them as a, like a tutorial as to how the party system works. Yeah. In the yeah, game. Exactly. So um, that would be cool. Yeah, no idea what if they'll do that, but it just otherwise, yeah, five party members, so a three person team isn't too bad. It will just be interesting to see how you go about swapping them around. But again, in in the original seven, like a lot of your time in Midgar, your party composition is pretty controlled. You only really have okay. some choices later in in like that part of the story. So again, this could all be completely different remake. We don't really know, but I I do think they'll probably do something more with those other avalanche members just to sort of get you attached to them so that they can do stuff to you later. Mm, uh, yep. Just, I'm trying to not, it's, it seems silly because I know that seven's old, but I'm not going to be giving anything away if I can avoid That's it. That's the thing. I don't think it is because this is going to introduce a lot of people, like a new audience to it that would honestly, not have played it. Things could so. be drastically different. We don't know. It's very true. Yeah. Like, again, as I said, this part one is just Midgun, which honestly, Square, you should probably look at subtitling it or something, because it's... I'm really excited, but it, even I still feel a bit... Not dirty, but I feel... I get... I look at the picture, I look at the box art, and it's just like, 
Final Fantasy VII Remake and like the gorgeous re- like new HD version of the old PS1 cover from America of Cloud looking up at Shinra HQ. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's gorgeous. It's also only Midgar. <laughs> it's not really yep. a seven remake, is it? It's more of a Midgar Part remake. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, I mean Square Enix I mean they're gonna get sales from it, no doubt, regardless of how it the the it pans out. And we don't specifically know where it's gonna end, but they did they are saying very strongly that it will be Midgar, so who knows what'll happen. There's still okay. time for them to chuck a subtitle on it, but it feels weird because the marketing feels done. So we'll see. Yeah, it's yeah. It's really, really strange. Yeah. As for the boss fight itself, which I'll now drag myself back to, mm-hmm. uh, the guard scorpion, obviously, it's it's a lot different fighting that guy because obviously in turn based, it was there's weird things like there's a very specific moment where it raises its tail and they're like, hey, don't attack it when its tail is up or it'll hurt you, and you're like, oh yeah, it's a good point. But in this one, mm-hmm. it's just like, all right, it is action. It is all this is all happening in real time. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just, it, you have to approach it a bit differently. It has, they do seem to have brought across the stagger meter from Final Fantasy Thirteen, which okay. uh, basically means that when you're hitting the boss, well, it, bosses, I guess, or I, I assume it'll apply to all of them, because it, it, this is how it went in Thirteen as well. Sometimes it would feel like you weren't doing much damage, and they felt a bit spongy, but then you'd hit that point, because the stagger meter is underneath their boss meter. So you fill that up, and then the game goes, all right, they are... Uh, they are vulnerable, so whatever limit breaks you've got, throw at them now. And it's just like, yeah, cool, I'm just going to unleash hell upon you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the stagger meter feels like it's going to be very important for defeating bosses in this game. So yeah, just sort of keeping an eye on that. Obviously, if you are able to exploit weaknesses with magic, for example, the guard scorpion is weak to light, lightning. So if you throw out thunders, okay. it did not like that. And it would add a good, a good healthy amount to the stagger meter itself. Okay, uh, and then yeah, obviously as the boss fight progresses, uh, again, now it's a full HD, active time battle, like a real battle. Like it's a lot more dynamic. The, the guard scorpion will jump around. It'll climb on walls. It has sort of its own version of phases where it will, like one, once you hit a certain point, it knocks debris down, and then will start charging its tail laser, which used to be just a thing that happened in combat. It was like, hey, don't hit that, or it'll shoot you. And now it's an actual part of a fight where. It charges it, and Cloud's like, hey, we better get behind some debris, or that laser is going to hurt us. So yeah, you can jump behind yeah. some, just some debris to sort of protect yourself. And it's just, again, a little thing, but it just feels dynamic and cool. And it just, my mind is already racing for what they can do with some of the future boss fights across however many parts this game will be. Well, that's it, yeah. Some of those fights get really good. Yeah, uh, it's so, it, I don't know, like, for someone who's like dabbled in like the original seven anyway, it seems like uh, like uh, the stagger meter, I know it was in 13, but it seems like the way they're implementing it here is almost like a substitute for like the ATB meter. Sort almost. of. Yeah. Cause like the ATB was there, it sort of dictated your attacks and your attack mm-hmm. order. But yeah, yeah, it does certainly just give you that chance. Like when you fill it, the game will be like, well, uh, go nuts. <laughs> What do you got? Yeah, because this guy is open, and you and you just have a. I think I can't remember now if it actually indicates to you the window you have, but um, no. yeah, you can you can see. So yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I really want to bring up. I know I talked about the music at the start, but I just want to really want to emphasize that it sounds so good. Uh, it was still I had I had the headphones clutched as tightly as I could, and the audio turned up as close as, as much as I could, but. The convention floor obviously still was leaking in, but it was just so nice to hear. 
probably my favorite moment of the entire demo, aside from, you know, actually playing it, was <laughs> when Cloud is about to set off the time bomb on the reactor itself, which is just a really, it's a really good scene. Realizing Barrett's complete lack of trust for Cloud at this point, since he is supposedly ex-soldier first class. So, you know, a, Sh- a Shinra lackey, essentially. And Barrett's mm-hmm. like, well, fine, man, you set this bomb. Don't you, don't you betray us? Uh, yeah, so he has he has a moment, obviously, where Cloud's personality sort of is looking a bit shifty, which obviously when you play the full game will make sense. And it's just a really nice moment where he looks to the side and sees like a single black feather, like drift down. Hmm. And like you just hear like a, like a couple of seconds of like a really slow piano version of like One Winged Angel. And I was just like, yes, Ugh. this, more of this. Because the more I think about it, the more I realize we're not going to get One Winged Angel until like, I don't want to think about it. What, 2023, <laughs> yeah, it's 2024. Gonna... It's, a, it's a ways off. That song is it's in that a ways game off. once. And I honestly yep. hope they keep it that way. Don't play the full version until that final fight or I, you don't ruin it. Don't mess yeah, that do, up. Do, it seems like doing it like that way, just like hinting at it, where it's like, if you're in the know, you're like, you're oh, like, oh shit. Oh, shit. Like, that is, that is <laughs> one, I heard cool. that one-winged angel. You can't yep. escape from me. Uh, yep. Yeah, that was probably my favorite moment. Just across the whole thing. Really want to play more, please. But March third is, I guess, getting closer and closer every moment. But yeah, seven remake, yep. real deal. So happy to have played it. Easily my highlight across all three days. Wanted to squeeze it again on Sunday, but just couldn't get there. So I just would just walk yeah. past it and just stare at the screens occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you try booking an appointment for it? There just wasn't any time, sad. Like, because I yeah. only had time to like because of how that booking app worked for PlayStation. Yeah. On Sunday, I could book... For, like, once it hit one o'clock, I'm like, I can only try to book for one of these two games. I'm just... I guess I have to go for one I haven't played yet. Yeah. Well, uh... uh should we like, should we move on to, to that game? I think it is probably one of the biggest questions... Like, when they announced it was playable at E3... Oh, no, yeah. No, sorry, at, um, at PAX. Because obviously, it has, I don't really know how playable it's been. It wasn't playable at E3. That's for sure. No. They were showing I demos. think it's... Ga- I think it was either Gamescom or another PAX they've had it at, I think. Yeah, definitely playable at New York Comic Con just the other week. That's right, yep. And yeah, probably a PAX um, or maybe maybe Gamescom. It was definitely, yeah, only recent. I think it was Gamescom because I, I think they put the video out maybe. Yes, either I way, think you're right. When they were yeah. like, hey, yo, we will have Marvel's Avengers playable on the show floor. It, yeah. Even though we were, I, feel, I don't remember your exact reaction. But I feel like we've been pretty lukewarm on that game itself before, before now. Honestly, yeah. I mean, like I've been, I'm, I'm excited. I was excited, um, but it was, yeah, yeah. It was, it's hard because like all, all the stuff they're talking about how that game's going to operate, it's sort of hard to see. Um, but we both played it, um, at different times. We both managed to book appointments for it through the Play- Experience PlayStation app. Yes, uh, which is how PlayStation were dealing with. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven and a Death Stranding like video they were playing, uh, and the Avengers and uh, Iron Man VR, which we'll come back to a bit later because I played that as well. Um, and so yeah, I managed. I booked my appointment on the. I managed to get an appointment on Saturday, um, towards the end of the show floor closing, um, and you bought, had yours on Sunday, didn't you? Yes, Sunday at like. I want to say two thirty or something like that is when I got mine in. Yep. 
Yeah. So uh, it's, it's basically the same sort of like the demo that you've seen of that video that sort of takes you through playing as like the five, five, yeah, five characters that um like the Avengers basically. So you start off as sorry Thor. Hawkeye. Yeah, sorry. Look, uh, don't uh, worry. The, He'll be the, on the roster at launch. There's no way he won't be. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, so start off with Thor, um, who has obviously Mjolnir, um, and he can throw it. It operates basically like the Leviathan axe. Um, and but, but apart from, I, I have to agree. I remember hearing Greg Miller say that it doesn't feel as good, um, like recalling it as the Leviathan axe did, and I agree with him 100 percent on that. But I think all it will take is just a little bit of rumble, um, at the very least, to get you that feeling of like boom, and had that that sense of, sense of weight of it coming back of this yeah. mighty weapon. I think so. When they first started talking about this game, I remember looking at the footage and going, oh, "Okay, cool." Like, and uh, like when I announced the demo for PAX, I was not super worried. I'm like, we might have to spend a lot of time sort of going character to character, but thankfully we don't because honestly, they're all. This game sort of feels like a big budget Ultimate Alliance. Yes, yeah. It seems like like I've I think I've referred to it as like a Batman game mixed with Ultimate Alliance, and it's like it's like, it's the, like very barely a Batman game, honestly. Yeah, obviously, it, but it, it has that same combat from like an action adventure brawler that we we sort of know and love, I guess. Because you've or, got your square is your tolerate. light attack, your triangle is heavy, circle mm-hmm. is dodge. You can like press L two and may, I think it's R two to throw a range. Like so it, it's only for like Molnir and uh, Cap Shield. Like yeah, so Molnir, Cap Shield, Widow's guns, and Iron yep. Man's blasts. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Hulk, but I think he can pick stuff up and throw stuff anyway. But, um, yeah, he picks stuff up over the ground. Um, yeah, so the gameplay is a lot more grapples. It seems pretty simple, which is fine. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting this game to be super complicated or deep. Yeah, I yeah I I had fun, like I had a lot of fun with it. Um, and I I think my one takeaway after playing it is that I can see I have a bit more of a clear indication of the potential of this game and what it could be. Um, for better or worse, because that could send my mind racing too much, and then when the game actually does come out, it's gonna knock me down a couple of pegs or something like that, uh, and sort of dis- not disappoint me, but like you know be a bit disheartened by it. Yeah, like, I think now I played it, I know what this game is. And like I said, I will stand by the fact that it really does feel like a uh, sort of big budget Ultimate Alliance. I think mm-hmm. having a smaller roster will probably help because obviously Ultimate Alliance has a ridiculous roster. Yep. But yeah, again, it's. I get why they showed that portion of gameplay because that is the best way to sort of introduce people. Yeah. But you sort of. I didn't. I tried the best I could with the time I had to sort of mess about a bit with all the characters, but you only had like a finite amount of baddies to fight. And they're like, oh, on you go. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. All right. I just wanted, yeah. to, wanted to try it out. Cause it's like, very clearly the tutorial of the, yeah, of the game itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I was trying to see if I could sort of suss out any major character differences. And apart from like the obvious, you know, weapon differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, the old square, square triangle or just like triangle, like holding triangle to charge a heavy attack would just generally work pretty well. Yeah. Um, I did like a couple of different things though. Um, like it was it was all the same combos and stuff like that. But I like that Iron Man's his light attack is a punch and his heavy attack is like a blast from his from his palms from his um uh blasters or whatever they're called. I can't remember what they're called. But yeah, like so 
he's like a mix of like close combat and range because you could use that if an enemy was a little bit further away but you just finished off an enemy as part of a combo but you're not quite finished that combo yet you could sort of finish the combo on someone else um i liked that sort of like element of uh yeah it does sort of remind up. me of, of like as four as well because obviously if you do like this the the so say you start with a double like two lights and then finish off a heavy you can you can really hold down on that heavy and just his his huge thunder aoe is ridiculous oh yeah and i can definitely yeah. apply to more than one enemies more than one enemy uh, honestly, the ones I had the most fun playing as were, yeah, Black Widow and Captain America. Pity he's dead, though, right? Yeah, oh, so dead. So, yeah, it's so definitely, he's definitely dead. dead. He's, he's totally not going to come back at no, some point. No, he's dead. Game. No, not at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, they were really fun. Yes, I agree. Um, I really liked the fight with Taskmaster, with, um, Black Widow. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um... It was pretty. It was simple, but again, it's a tutorial yeah. Oh, yeah, boss fight. Simple, like, it's a... like, I just like how Black Widow moves. Her dodge mm-hmm. felt good. I like that she has like the um, the counter grapple that she can do. I love cool. that. I noticed she can do that at any time as well. Yeah, which like is great. But to get that to get that sweet like Harakarana swing around his neck move, you got you got to do the the specific counter at a certain time, but. Um, but yeah, it looked awesome, and I was just yes. like, "Oh, it's the move that she does!" Yeah. Yay! She was, was just fun to play as, even though, like, because I'll be honest, sometimes I do judge, I do, I do, I do sort of look down on Black Widow a bit. Uh, it, mm. Just in this in this grand scheme of like, you get to play as Marvel's Avengers, and you're like, "Oh man, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, yes," and Black Widow has guns in that, and I'm sort of just like, whatever. But she was really fun. The same for Cap. Like, I didn't not that I looked down on Cap. I think he is, you know, he's Captain America. Yeah, but his combat felt really good. Yes, it did. Even um, if it was just like you know square square triangle, it just looked fun. Having the bouncy shield was great, and his his ultimate was just a good time as well. Yeah, hitting that R one and just like throwing it out, and yeah. just watching it pinball <laughs> around <laughs> like an entire room of enemies. It was so good. Uh, yeah, it was really really fun. Um, I, I I have so basically it was like the demo you play through. Um, you play through all the characters. I really like playing as Hulk. I thought it was, he was a lot of fun basic as but like it's it was fun and it felt good to play as hulk like i think the first thing it tells you to do is like grab an enemy and do the the puny god thing from like the first avengers movie and i was like okay cool that's nice um and i like being able to do that at will just pick up an enemy and just use them as a weapon and slam them into the ground i think Um, hulk definitely has potential to be very fun but i don't think the sort of tutorial stage works well for him because it is you're on a bridge it's real narrow so mm-hmm. Hulk's just yeah. like, I'm just going forward. But I think, yeah, opening him up in a big area, he could be incredible to, to play as. I do like, though, just like running along, like with those moments of, of Hulk where you're just like running along and then they're throwing all these like tanks at you and he's just like swatting them out of the air like they're nothing. I was like, oh, this feels really cool. Like, yeah. um, He has potential to be really fun and sort of like, yeah, but once the game really gets going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I thankfully I actually was I was in queue for it and I heard people going hey how many times did you die in the Hulk part I'm like oh god what do you mean and I I didn't die thankfully but I can see what they mean because the jumping is basically they gave you nice slowdowns yeah but uh yeah the Hulk I assume the- this will apply to other characters but he jumps off of objects so with like scratch marks on him or stuff yeah yeah um, similar to indicator things yeah yeah, um, yeah I think I might have died once as him I, died I once definitely as died Black once. Widow. Yep, jumping off the 
onto Taskmaster. Yeah, exactly that part. <laughs> yep, 100%. I was like, because it's not very well telegraphed. And then yeah, well, because the when... telegraph is the part at the end that's red is where you jump. Yeah, because that's absolutely. Because sort of but... it's the game's indicator for jumping off something, but I just didn't see it. And then, yeah, it just fell to my death. And because my demo station was like right at the end and people who were either waiting in line or just walking by were stopping on watching me play. Welcome and to I my had like biggest a... fear. Oh God. I had like three or four people watching me at that point And I was like, well, I feel like an idiot now, don't I? <laughs> Went back sheepishly and did it properly. And I'm like, yep. Okay. Just not going to make any eye contact with anyone ever again. No one look at me. We're done here. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but after, after playing through the, this initial thing, cause it, it takes place on a day, which is like yes. commemorating the, the Avengers, I think, for just being... Being the heroes. The heroes, yeah, being top people. Um, Kamala Khan's there, she's hanging out. Um, in the Captain Marvel shirt. In the Captain Marvel shirt, that's fucking cool. Did you know, Karen, Captain Marvel confirmed. She exists in this universe. Frankly, I'm <laughs> shocked. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Right? Um, that, it, for everyone bit... listening, that's just a weird... In- I saw yeah. like an article where it's just like, Captain Marvel confirmed to exist in Marvel's Avengers universe. I'm like, I've got... Look at... She's wearing the Captain Marvel shirt. She's wearing the shirt. Good like, God. Come on, guys. Yeah. It's not a headline. Um, Get out of here. So, so yeah. Jesus. Uh, and then all hell, all hell breaks loose, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, like, apart from the stuff that was shown in my trailer, the most interesting stuff is at the end. So yes. once you once you finish the demo, you were treated to a little video that I would say ran for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And sort of gave you an overview. Like, I'd seen a couple of, like, off-screen pictures of stuff from this video I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, I wonder when we'll see that. It turns out at the end of this demo is when we'll see it. Yep. And it sort of, it, again, much like after playing the game, I was like, cool, so that's how it plays, but I wonder what the structure's like. You sort of get a bit of an idea. Yeah. It shows you the like the character menu, which, boy, it looks super Destiny. Oh, yeah. Like, it could not be any more oh, fucking Destiny of a drive. Like, so like Destiny. Like, when you look at like the little item description, even all the squares mm-hmm. and the stats, and I'm like, Even okay, using but- the... The stick is a cursor as yes, well to yep. move around. Like it's not like just a, a, yep. a flat menu. It's like a cursor that you and can having, move around. Having like the um, which you'll clearly be able to customize the bar at the top left, which has got like the banner and your name mm-hmm. and your power, like your score and all that. Yep, it's super destiny. Which hey, super destiny. It's fine. Like I actually don't mind the destiny menus. Same. Yeah, I think well. I think the, men- the 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 menus of destiny are actually quite pretty, like pretty intuitive to use. So yeah. Um. Especially but, um, when you're juggling a whole bunch of different stats and and uh, items and things like that. Yes, but also yeah. Mm. So they tabbed across, and you saw a skill tree. So mm-hmm. you you'll be able to customize your heroes, which will help definitely help make the combat feel better. I think, and that's sort of why. I, yeah. Again, I get why they picked the tutorial section, I, largely because it's what they've shown off. But I just I just wish a little bit that maybe they gave us a couple of extra things to play with. I don't know. Yeah, it's um. Uh, yeah, I I get it. But uh, I don't know. From all this stuff, I saw the potential. Because like, they said there as well, like, all that progression carries across throughout, like, single player and multiplayer with your heroes. So yes. very much like Ultimate Alliance. Because um, in the video, it showed, like, it was on Iron Man in particular, and it showed, like, a, I think it was, like, you hit Triangle three times, and it was his, like, hand lasers. Mm-hmm. He has this huge sweeping attack, and that looked great. Because, yeah. honestly, out of all the characters I played as, Iron Man was the one I came away from, probably the most sort of shoulder shrugging. Yeah, same. Again, it could uh, be I, a bad vertical yeah. slice for him because he can fly. And again, on a very vertical path, it was just sort of like, I don't know if it yeah. worked well for him. I think, yeah. I, I think, like, we were talking about this with our, our good friend Broad as well from, from Hunting Seasons. And uh, 
he was um he was saying it was it's a, it's a really bad vertical slice of the whole game to show. Yeah. And it's like we I, I all three of us understood like we're like we understand why they're using this part. It's the start of the game. There's no risk in terms of like what they're showing in terms of overarching narrative. Um and also it gives you it's got all the tutorial stuff built in. It's baked into yeah, it. Exa- so Exactly. It makes sense that way, but it just in terms of like I don't know, it just felt weird. Um especially when there's so many other questions that uh that that still haven't been answered yet. Like it was nice to get a couple minutes of each hero, but mm-hmm. I couldn't honestly differentiate too much between their gameplay styles and in that just that area. It was always just like cool. Square square triangle, Iron Man can fly, Widow's got some cool counters and Cap's shieldy bounce is cool. Uh, like honestly, like it's not like it controlled badly. They were fun to play as, but mm, yeah, I just think I wanted to be able to do more. And I'd, yeah, and I get it. You know, I understand. I'm sure. I, I, yeah, I think my 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 overall feeling after uh, like after coming away from it and playing it, I feel a lot more. I I, I see the potential now, and I'm a, I'm more hopeful for the potential. Whether yes. or not it's going to bite me in the ass when the game actually comes out, um, like in my mind, I see how like. DLC could be like new comic arcs, so like they do. Like, yeah, that's the sort I, of I, I, thing, right? Yeah. Like, because they do, they did a. They, we know it's sort of got a solo story, and then there's also multiplayer stuff. Mm-hmm. And because on the menu at the end, they do show like the world map, and yeah, you can see a story mission which has like a little description, and then like a high, like a high value target or something is what they called it. Yeah, for like a yep. just a free play multiplayer sort of thing, and. Yep. Yeah, that does get me excited for like just doing like yeah comic arcs and stuff like that to introduce even a couple of new characters to play as. So yeah, yeah, and we even we we were talking as well about like you know eventually they could introduce like a villain side of it. So like you get to play through like a villains campaign. Um, oh, it's coming! Like a like it's, arc. It's but, gonna be probably late yeah. in, but it's coming. I think there's a reason why they've called it Marvel's Avengers. Like as like a, it's like this is the in the name of the game. It's it, it's like it's a platform. For them to do all this kind of stuff yeah, that they can like, like Destiny, <laughs> yeah. But then Destiny got a sequel. Um, so this is going to get a sequel as well, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, will. it will. Yeah, um, it's but being, I think it's yeah, being built I, on like last gen hardware and next gen is well, it's close. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm more hopeful, even a little bit more hopeful now after playing it. I'm like, it's I think at the very least it's going to be a solid seven when it comes out. Oh yeah, like again, it helps. Again, having played it. I know where to gauge my expectations now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just really want to see. I want. I want Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix to put out a video of just one of those, those sort of more open multiplayer ones where you've got the, a group of four. I really want to see yeah. how that sort of plays out because I reckon those could be really good. Oh yeah, super fun. And even like if you, even if you are able to like stack characters, because again, be able to, it, <laughs> I, I know. But even if you can like. Because it, your your Hulk might be different than my Hulk. Like I might have built into a different Hulk version than yours. So even even if you can, my rules are no stack characters. <laughs> yeah, right. That's fair. We're, we're going canon with this. All right. Yeah. I well, like I mean, it. a a version of the canon. <laughs> Head canon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So and, and I think that's probably enough about the Avengers. Yeah. Hey, they showed a lot was... of cool costumes at the end, though. So like, costumes they did. Are awesome yeah. In. Yeah, pinstri- uh, Hulk in a pinstripe suit, Would've like a gangster nice suit. Would have been nice to have Hilarious. that at the E3 video, so my, my um, shock or scoff bet was better, but whatever. They wanted to scream well, over, and yeah. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, there was behind, the behind-closed-doors thing was the way where it showed up. Oh, God. Um, cool. All right. Oh, where do we go to next? 
I mean, I could run through a whole bunch of little indies if you'd, if you'd like. Yeah, well, because honestly, I've covered the two big ones. I, I have a couple of other ones that I did also play. Yeah. Uh, but they're sort of... Not that they're not exciting to talk about, because they were great to play. But if you want to knock through yeah. some indies, then yeah, we can... Yeah, well, I mean, the last thing, I, I I could probably knock this out as well because it sort of ties in with the Avengers, but I, I, the other appointment I booked at PlayStation was uh, Iron Man VR. Oh, yeah, um, actually, you know what? That's a really good idea to sort of chuck this one in here. Yeah, Keep so... Marvel um block alive. Exactly, yeah, the Marvel Rock block. Here we go. Uh, yeah, so I played uh, Iron Man VR after, uh, again, Brod played it and said it was really good. I was like, cool, all right, well, I'll see if I can get an appointment for it. I managed to on the Sunday, and uh, I went along, and, yeah, I got to be Iron Man for like 10 minutes um and it was really cool so it's pretty simple it was again just a tutorial level um you're basically outside tony's house the one that's on like the the cliff face oh yeah um yeah so you're out outside of that uh and uh yeah he's doing narratively wise he's doing tests of his suit like tony's like testing out his suit a good way to 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 work in the demo (laughs) Yeah, so it was cool. So it was like, you see the screen come on. He's like, all right, cool. Uh, yep. And repulses are online. And all right, cool. Let's see repulses what this baby can do. Still, that's their name. Pardon? Yeah, I remembered yeah. it just then. <laughs> just then. I just remembered it. Um, and then, yeah, so basically you've got the two move controllers. And the way you do, you put your hands out in front. You're like, all right, cool. There's my, there's, there's Iron Man's hands, which are my hands now. And then it works like Iron Man. So if you want to go forward, you put your hands behind you and face your palms away and hit the trigger buttons and you move forward. Um, the cool thing is, though, that like physics-wise, like if you hold it straight out, you will go straight ahead, but you'll also go down because you're not giving yourself thrust. So you've kind of got to angle it behind you on like a diagonal. Yeah, so there's a bit of a learning curve to it. And like having to actually like... I was like moving my head around trying to get like like the character to move around so like my head would move around but my character would still be flying in one direction but you have to physically move you say, you're not thinking around. in vr joel <laughs> yeah so you're like you got to physically move around in the space um which is great all, all, all well and good until you start getting tangled up in the cables or you nearly punch the guy who's running the demo out um which mu- both honestly, of those on, things happened on some level he must be a bit used to it <laughs> Yeah, it was like, it, this was on Sunday as well. It's like, it's, that was probably like the fifth or sixth time it's happened that day. But you just um, do it now. Yeah, but it was cool. So, like, you just fly around and, like, getting used to, like, there was one part too where I was like, I went up too high. I kept going up too high and, like, giving myself too much thrust into the air. And I'm like, I was, like, trying to aim for something. And I was like, no, I've got to wait for myself to come back down. And I went, wait a minute. No, I don't. So I put my hands above my head and launched the, 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 um, the repulses. And then I went straight down. I was like, ha ha Yes. I'm figuring it out. Um, it was just one of those dumb moments where it's like, clearly this is what you're supposed to be doing in, in, in a way, if you get into a situation like that. But I thought I was so clever for figuring it out. Um, so did and you have relatively free movement in a space? Yeah. Like That's you can fly cool. around this whole space. Like I was just nice. like, like, so he basically goes through like a whole bunch of tutorial stuff. He's like testing out what he can do with the suit. He's yeah. like, all right, what can I do now? So um, you do um, each te- they, they show, teach you how to use the repulses as weapons. So yep. basically the same thing. So you have to like have one hand down, like hovering. If you want to hover in a spot, you, you sort of hover a little bit and you sort of slowly go down. But if you want to hover in one spot, you sort of like hover there You you bring the other one up, palm out and then hit the, uh, the, the PlayStation move button on the front, the big one. Yeah. So you hold that down and it does a, 
Nice. And then you let it go and it goes... Nice. Launches it. That's cool. And I... Yeah, it feels really good. And especially when you start getting into, like, comboing them. So you're like... With, like, left and right. Um, Yeah, so that felt really, really fun doing that. This is a very cool idea for a VR game. It really is. Um, I'm definitely... I'm, I'm... I, it sold me on it, I think. I'm going to pick it up, I think, when it comes out and check it out, the full thing. Because I've heard that it's like a full game as well. Like, yeah, well, I think it's like a six or seven hour experience. The, the trailer, the initial trailer hinted at story, and I think I've heard that Ghost is in it as well. So yeah, yeah. so a story of some sort. I'm like, it's cool. Um, and then, yeah, it took you through like a time trial where you're like flo- flying around, which took a little bit getting used to. I can there's, imagine. There's a learning there. curve. Yeah. I mean, anything then, in VR sort of has a learning curve, though, because it is, that's true. in a lot of ways, a different way to play games. Absolutely, yeah. And especially with this, where it's like, you see, you've seen Iron Man move so many times in like movies and stuff, but then to do it, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like, that, that does make sense, yeah. but now I've just got to yeah. figure out how to refine it and get it, like, down pat, basically. Because um, it takes you, like, a time trial as well, like, where you've got to fly through gates and stuff. And then it teaches you another move, which is the... Um, the punch button so basically you um you hold down uh the, the, the playstation move button and then well, it'll lock i oh, know sorry either the circle button or the square button on the controller depending on what um arm you're using so it's square on the right arm circle on the left so and it will lock onto an enemy if it's nearby and then if you punch it does like a jet punch towards them um, so you can use that as like a dash almost if there's an enemy there. So you can dash oh, yeah. towards the enemy and punch yeah. them and then blast them away. And yeah, so that was really cool. Although some of the enemies like, started having like shields because yeah, basically at the end of it, like once you get the, the all that they teach you all the basics, uh, Tony's like, well, that's it. And uh, Pepper's like, all right, well, let's let's bring out some drones then. See how you fare against them. So she brings out like combat drones. And so you've got to try and like fight off the combat drones. Um but yeah, the the opening was really cool as well. Like the, the actual credits, like once you get, the, they're like, all right, this is what you have to do and off you go. And so you start flying towards and it pops up with like Sony, the like Sony logo and you're like, yep, cool. And then that fades away. It's like, you're just flying across the ocean and you can see the house in the distance and there's like the Marvel logo pops up and then like the Iron Man VR logo comes up and you sort of like fly through it and I'm like, this is fucking cool. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think it's definitely something, if you've got a VR, like a PlayStation VR headset, um, it's definitely something you should check out uh, when it does come out, I think, next year. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm excited to sort of see more of it and how it goes in, in a full sort of setting. Yeah, honestly, it um, sounds really cool. Because I, re- I remember not being into the idea initially, but um, the more it's sort of been talked about and shown, and after hearing your impressions and Broad's as well, it sounds mm-hmm. really fun. Yeah, it was. I think it's gonna, it's going to be one of those ones as well that not only is it going to be a good experience for like a person who owns a VR headset to play through and have like a a full like start to finish experience that isn't yeah. just like forty yes. minutes. I think it's also a really good like showpiece as well that you, you have, someone comes over to your house and they're like, oh, you've got a VR headset. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, do you want to try? Do you want to be? Do you want to be Iron Man for a bit? fuck yeah i want to be iron man like so you put it on you can put them through a tutorial and get them to do that run that tutorial and see how it feels um yeah i i i I think the headset's really good i think i have a weird problem with my eyes so sometimes it takes a bit to adjust but um after a while i got used to it and it was it was fun but maybe go to an um, optometrist (laughs) i am due to go back to one actually so i do need to go back the last time i went they told me i have something that makes me i can't remember what it is it's like 
my retina is slightly detached or something. I oh, can't okay. remember where, where it's like, so I, and I do find this that when I'm sitting really close or like, there's like in like a, like a movie or a video game or something when there's like really quick action happening, like my eyes struggle to keep up sometimes. Um, yeah. Side, Today that's I learned. Insight into my life. Um, cool. So that was sort of the, the, the big, the big budget stuff that I pay, played. Um, at the uh, the show floor, do you want to do you, do you want to um, pop into the last one because you played Luigi's Mansion? Yes. You know what, Joel? I think I will move on to Luigi's Mansion. Thank you for for easing that one up a bit because yep. obviously Segway, <laughs> the king of segways. Luigi's <laughs> Mansion was a weird one because I wasn't sure if I'd play it because it is only a couple of weeks away. Yeah. Uh, but again. Uh, when you go to PAX, sometimes you walk up to the queue and you're like, look, how long is it? And they're like, they might say two hours. Like when I walked up to the, we, we at one point we walked up to the Pokemon queue and they're like, yeah, it's an hour and 45. Yeah. Like, Whoa. Okay. Um, I kind of want to okay. play it, but it also looks like more Pokemon. So I'm good. Yeah. But yeah, we walked up to the Luigi's mansion one and now we're like, look, it's 40 minutes. And we were like, 40 minutes is long. And honestly, it's pretty good. Uh, once we got in the queue, it really felt like 20 like I don't know how they were sort okay. of running the demo, but it was it went by real quick, so yeah, worth queuing up for. Uh, so Luigi's Mansion three, and a couple of weeks. The thing with me and Luigi's Mansion is I always forget how to play it, right? Right. Yep. Like Luigi's Mansion one was a GameCube launch game, then Dark Moon was a 3DS game, which is now several years old, and I didn't finish. Oh yeah. Uh, and now mm-hmm, 3 is either. coming out and yeah every time I'm like okay how do I play this game so it's one of those rare situations where I'm glad it was a very it, the setting was not too it was like look this is an introductory setting we'll fight we'll set you up against this ghost then this ghost then we'll give you a couple of scenarios where you've got to deal with a couple of different ones and then a boss fight so yeah nothing too complex or difficult but just enough for me to sort of wrap my head around this gameplay style so yeah a lot of the classic Luigi's Manson, Mansion trappings are here. Obviously, you flash the ghost with your flashlight with A and vacuum him up with the shoulder button. Uh, nothing too much to talk about there. I don't remember... I really feel like I'm doing a disservice for Dark Moon and remembering how much it swapped it up. But a couple of the enemies in, I, in this one that I thought felt different. There was... Because okay. Luigi does have a new function on his um, Poltergu- Poltergust. Yeah. Poltergust, Poltergust, I think, yeah. yeah, from EGAD. And one of those is, again, this might have been Dark Moon. It's been a long time. Uh, either either <laughs> way, pressing the Y button shoots out like a little plunger, which would attach to, would just oh. suction onto things. Uh, with, so, if, in, for example, this enemy with a shield, you would suction onto that, and it's got like a little rope attached to it. So, yeah, basically the goal was, because flashing him with your with your light would do nothing, because he would hide behind the shield. So you've got to right. deal with that first. So you get the, the um, plunger on there, then you stroll on up and suck it, suck it up with a vacuum cleaner to rip it off out of his hands, and then he is vulnerable and ready to be, yeah, just destroyed. Which was just, yep. again, not hard, but different enough and interesting enough. I do have to say, I don't know how I feel about the aiming of the plunger. Okay. It didn't feel super good, but that could just be, I don't know, me. Um, right. Because I don't know if you can actually, I didn't try messing around with buttons too much because sometimes in packs you're like, look, this demo, there are people waiting, I just want to see what I can do. Uh, but yeah, sort of sometimes I was pressing Y and just hoping it would hit. Uh, generally it was pretty good, but yeah, a couple of times it just sort of was not like, no, you shot this straight north. I'm like, no, uh, all right. 
Wanted to, yep. wanted to aim it a bit to the left, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, so that's that was sort of the, the main vibe of the combat. Environments look very nice, I must say. I'm excited to sort of, especially with the trailer shown. The gameplay section was pretty standard for what you expect, but obviously, yeah, the trailers have shown that we're going to be going to some pretty wild areas in this hotel, which is great. Yeah, I love the setting of the hotel. hotel I think it's a cool idea. Great. I think Luigi's Mansion... 3 will work better being back in the single building because Dark Moon wasn't a bad game but no. jumping around so much I wasn't really a fan of I just like having a single space to explore in these sort of games yeah. I think and did, does it, I, I might not have been able to, to, to get a gauge from it in the demo but did it feel like that there's for lack of a better term Metrovania elements like there are parts that you can't access yet until you get uh, a better ability later look, on it's or... hard to say nothing really too mm. complicated but most it wasn't again. Remote, the the only real different area was a part where you got to use Guiji. Apart from that, okay. I don't know if you'll be doing things with Guiji to sort of change how he functions or whatever. Um, okay. Yeah, nothing to like. So that though could be used in certain areas because obviously Guiji can go through certain obstacles that Luigi can't. In this particular yep. example, it was spikes, and also using him to. Uh, so, for example, a switch needs to be operated while you know the elevator. Well, you're on the elevator, so you've got to use Guiji. So again, nothing too com- just simple puzzle solving, really. But right, you know, Nintendo are pretty good at making those feel like genuine aha moments in their games. So yeah, too early to say about that, but it could definitely happen. And there's also the the um the blue light as well, which are used to find secrets. Okay, so, yeah, cool. I in that particular area, I was in a room and I it hadn't even occurred to me. And the Nintendo app was like, uh, just use your, your blue light to, to to find the way forward. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. I'm really bad at Luigi's Mansion. I don't know why. This is inexplicable. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, show the light on the wall, which is, when you look at it, it's just like, of course, that looks so obvious. Duh. And, yeah, it was right. a door. Congratulations, me. Uh, and it does, all, it, it does all culminate in a boss fight against a ghost wearing armor sort of mounted on a, on a, on a, a horse, I believe. But uh, the idea was it was sort of sort of charging at you with a lance, and he was hard to hit with a light because he's in full armor, basically. So the idea right. was, and again, this was another one where the rep had to be like, uh, "Do you want a hint?" I'm like, "Please, I am an embarrassment at this game. It's not, it's not." Like, and like again, once she told me how to do, it, I was like, "Of course, it's so obvious. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot." So basically, the, the idea was he's doing laps, but eventually would stop to wind up to charge forward at you. And after he would raise up his sort of his lance, his jousting stick, he would move towards you, and he'd poke his head up to see you, and that's when you flash him. And I was with your flashlight, ah, and I was just like, "Of course!" Right. I wasn't even paying attention to that tiny detail. Uh, and yeah, yeah, so then once you do that, he's stunned enough for you to get a, a little plunger on his shield, grab that off of him, and then sort of just slam him around a bit. A couple of goes of that, his shield breaks, and then he just becomes more of a uh, you know typical ghost where he'll just charge at you occasionally and you've got to just stay out of range of his hits and then he'll be he'll be exhausted and then you flash him and stun him and suck him up and smack him around and again nothing too complicated but just enough to feel fun yeah which is what i sort of that's come to most... luigi's mansion for honestly yeah i think that's what i'm most excited for with luigi's mansion 3 is that uh like the boss fights seem really interesting that they have those moments where it's like it's not too taxing but it's like, ah, oh, cool, that's really interesting how they've done that. Yeah, just you know? just those little moments where you're like, oh, there's that little light bulb. And 
yeah, just to sort of see how they can, and yet just, even just to see the the enemy variety that'll that'll come from this game. I'm just I'm interested. I don't know if I'll be able to get it at launch because it's it's look the holidays, the holidays are packed. It's so packed. Ooh, I want to yeah. play this so badly. Yeah, but we'll see. But the demo was very good, and I do have confidence the game itself, just based on what I played and what the trailers have shown. That this game is one to keep an eye on, honestly. Okay, all right, that's exciting to hear. Exciting to hear. Um, also, gotta say, very good booth. Very good booth. Yeah, it was sort of I, in the same I, vein as the E three one, like where it was sort of enclosed, dark, with like the the haunted atmosphere going on but it was just it was just a bit sticky a bit warm but that's just australian summer okay. for you not much you can do about that that's it it was a pretty warm weekend really so was. yeah especially the sunday um cool all right um i've got a few indies if you want to, would you like me to regale you in some indie tales yeah because honestly one of the games i played will slot in nicely in the indie section so actually yeah. very true yeah um uh, I'll do a quick sort of like lightning round of a few, a couple that I played that I was like, this is fun, but um, it's nothing to, to really dive into yet for various reasons. Um, uh, I played uh, Dead Static Drive again. Uh, we we set, uh, had a chat with Mike on the Friday, caught up with him and congratulated him on uh, appearing at uh, the E3 uh, show reel for Xbox, uh, which was really, really exciting. Uh and it was just good to catch up with him again. He remembered us both. And he's like, hey, guys. He's a very yeah. cool dude. I do like Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Blackney is a uh, tops guy. Uh, and his game is very good still. Um, it was a new build. Um, it, But it was very similar. It was just like a... a, a refined this is an area... build. <clears throat> a refined build, yeah. And it was like, this is like, you can like tool around in here. You can fight a couple of monsters. You can talk to people. Different weapons. Uh, the cars felt really fun this year. That's good. I really enjoyed driving. Um, very slidey, but I liked that, especially when you've got a bit of open space. Um, oh, the other thing too is like terrain. So there was like hills and stuff. Cause I like, I rolled the car a couple of times. Um, when I was like, trying to escape from something. I like rolled, I was in a van and I like, rolled down a hill and I was like, oh, cool. Okay. There's like, you know, levels of terrain now, which is cool. Um, but yeah, that game is very, very exciting and, uh, looking forward to, um, playing like, it when it comes out. Hopefully eagerly, soon. desperately awaiting it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fingers over the, the 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 download button as soon as it comes out. As soon as it drops, um, in there. day one. Yep. Uh, I played a game called Hamster Scramble, which is uh, kind of like um, you know, like that. There's one. There's one on Facebook that I know that that Ash's nan used to play called Bubble Witch Saga, and it's like it's basically you can say like, Bubble it, Bubble, right? People still remember it, right? Yeah, but it, Bubble Bubble's different though, isn't it? It's like the like, Puzzle Bubble, I think is what it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because bubble bubbles like the platformer one where you like spit bubbles out and you get a, you like yeah, yeah you get the enemies in the bubbles yeah, and yeah. you pop them. Um, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, puzzle bubble. You can I think compare it, is. it to that. I, I hope. Yeah, because that's what when it's I, like the bubble thing. Yeah, I saw it, I was so like, you oh, shoot it's this, which is cool because that has that yeah. that IP has been dormant for like an age. Yeah, it's cool though because it does a um, it does, there's heaps of them on mobile, dude. Um, anyway, there's, well, there's, I, you know how I feel about that. I know, I know. And they're all free to play and they're all mostly bad. But, but full of um, this one's, yeah, this one's really cool though because like the bottom part, instead of having like just like a turret that you move around, yep. you've got a character that you control and there's like three levels of platforms down on the bottom section. Um, and then basically what you've got to do is like around the sides, like little hamsters will get spat out and you've got to try and collect the hamsters uh, and then like get into a position and then fire them up. 
like because it turns them into little hamster balls. Oh, okay. Um, and it's a it's a it's a competitive game, so you can play like one v one or two v two. But the cool thing is, at certain point, like you can you can actually jump because you're in free control of this character down the bottom. You can jump across the other side. At, like when you've got um, when the ability is ready, you can drop across the other person's screen and then steal one of their hamsters and bring it back to your side. Or you could run over there if they're trying to set up a combo. You can run over there and ruin their combo <laughs> and then go back. Uh, you can also like if That's someone fun. comes over and, and and they're trying to steal something and they're trying to fire something up on your side, you can dash into them, which knocks them out, which means they can't fire for a couple of seconds. Uh, and also you could go across to their side and um, if they're trying to set up a combo, you could just dash into them and and, and fuck them up that way as well. Um, I played uh, like a 1v1 game and uh, pretty bad at it. Then we played a 2v2 game. Still really bad at it, but it was chaos. Like it was absolute frantic chaos. We played like, um, I was playing with two of my friends and the dev as well. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it's like really bright, colorful characters. And um, like there's different characters. I don't know if they've got abilities or anything. I don't think they do. There's just like character avatars that you pick. I played like a punk rock rooster. It was awesome. That sounds, um, right. that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's on brand for me because um, I'm a bit of a cock. Uh, I mean, hey, you said it. Yeah, you said it. I, hey, just putting it out there. Everyone's thinking it. Uh, but yeah, Hamster Scramble is really cool. I think it's coming out 2020. Uh, it's a, a fun little party game. Um, I could definitely get behind that. Um, just like, yeah, taking like a, 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 an old formula and putting a new spin on it and, and making it sort of fresh and frantic uh, for this sort of like party game streamer era that we live in. It, uh, does, it does feel like it's ripe for that. Oh yeah, absolutely, and that, that can sometimes be seen as a bad thing. It's like, oh, it's just like a well, game for streamers, but like it's sometimes you I, look at a is. game and you're like, I know what this exists for, but this one, whilst it does exist for that, I can also see it being incredibly fun at yeah, just in a, it, in, a, in a group scenario. Because like, I, yeah, I didn't play it myself, but I walked past when you were playing it, and yeah, mm-hmm. it looks it looks very fun. Yeah, it's it's definitely easy to pick up and play, and sort of. But then, like, if you want to really like try and get good at it, there is a skill like uh, like a you know, a, a level of difficulty that you, you can master in it. Um, I played a game called Heist uh, on the recommendation of one of my friends because it was actually one of the people he went to uh, like a game development course with um, and they finally released it. It's out now. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it today because I bought a copy of it because I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so but the basic premise is... <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm going to bring it up again in a future episode. But uh, the basic premise is it's a... Um, you play as a cat burglar. It's like a 1920s style cat burglar. It's got a really cool like art deco 1920s theme, like like uh, art style to it. And the music is all like that really cool, like 20s jazz. And like felt like it, you know, like a crime heist movie. Um, and it's all about just getting in, getting what you need and getting it out. And it's really cool. Just simple, like stealth game, like, like with uh, enough there to play around with. So nice. uh, I really enjoyed that. So I picked up a copy. Um, and what else did I play? Uh, Ring of Pain. I decided to play after seeing it at the concerts that we went to, because that was one of the games that had uh, the Australian games that had music represented in it. Um, it's now strap yourselves in everyone. It is a uh, Card-based roguelike dungeon crawler. You have to um, tell the story, Joel, because it's pretty perfect. The story that, about how how about how you really learned the truth about it being a roguelike at the booth. 
Well, oh yeah. So I walked up to because that, that was on the Friday and on the Saturday I was like, I'm gonna go play it, and I saw that it was an opening. So I went up, and one of the devs was there, and he was like, Oh, cool. Have you seen our game before? I said, Oh, actually, we saw it at the the concerts last night. It sounded like the music was amazing and the gameplay looked something like my alley. So I thought I'd come and check it out. And he goes, oh, cool. He goes, do you play many roguelikes? And I turned to you and Brendan and was went, this guy just asked me if I play roguelikes. And you two just sort of shook your head and went, oh, God. Because um, the answer is obviously, if you listen to the show, you know it's a yes. It's like a... It's an emphatic yes. It's the strongest uh, uh, yes I think you can ever really say. Yeah. It's, um yeah. I just, oh, God. Um, anyway, it was a lot of fun. It's basically, yeah, you go through and it's sort of a really weird art style to it. It uh, looks it's like, cool, though. Mm, yeah, and really sort of like creepy music as well. I really liked it. Um, and it's all about just sort of like collecting cards to increase your stats and fight enemies and try and work your way down into this weird nest thing. Um, oh, so that's but why yeah. it's like... So I thought the stuff on the outside sort of looked like branches or something or like twigs. Yeah. Okay, so that, that, little, that little weird creature thing with the big bug eyes... Yep. Is like a little, like a, a little thing. It's like, like uh, encouraging you further into its nest. So, uh, okay, is that good or bad? Yeah, I have no idea. Okay, I'm going to say right. it's probably bad. It sounds um, bad. Mm, sounds real bad. Uh, but yeah, that's coming out next year, and I'm very, very excited for that. I'm going to wish list that one on Steam so I can keep an eye on it because I had to stop myself playing the demo because I would have stayed there all day. <laughs> um, and you know, other people have to play. Exactly. Uh, and then. <laughs> Uh, the last two were probably my highlights, indies-wise. Um, one's an old favourite, and one's a new one. So I'll talk about the old favourite, because I won't go on too much about it. I played Necro Barista again for the third time, um, and I'm so excited to play that game. To which we were uh, told by every single... We spoke to three different devs while we were standing there, and they were all so lovely. Route 59 games are just lovely people. Um, and Usually one of my favourite booths to visit when you, hit, when you hit up the indie section, just... Good vibes. Yep. And you get, yep. each year their setup, setup was just a bit bigger, I guess, in a weird way. Yep. That's a good way to describe it. They had it. like a, a nice little setup and yeah, everything. Yeah, real good. Just blaring that trailer, which I love. Oh, yeah. And they did the thing too. Each one of the devs that we spoke to was like, oh, have you heard about Necro Brewster before? And like, Kara and I look at each other and we flash our Maddie pins that we bought like earlier in the day. We're like, oh, yeah. oh, this is my third time playing this. Like, like I, I can't wait for this the, game. The last three packs is like, India's here. All right, let's go look at Necro Brewster. Yeah, like it's it's I one of my most anticipated from from those uh those indies. Um, if you haven't listened to us before or heard about Necro Barista, it is a like it's a visual novel, I guess, at base level. Um, but it is very very well produced. Like it's like three D models and like actual characters reacting. Um, and the the text is all around the screen and stuff as well. It's it's very very stylish and it's set in a like a a cafe in Carlton called the Terminus. Um. Which is uh, in you, Melbourne, for those of you who aren't in Australia. Yes, yes, in Melbourne. Um, so the coffee capital of the world. Don't at me. <laughs> Don't at um, me. Or do at me, because it's true. Like, it's clearly true. Coffee capital. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't want to hear any, like, European coffee stories. Melbourne coffee is the best. Melbourne coffee is the best. Um <laughs> uh, Yeah, so, and it's, yeah, she's a, uh, you play, you sort of uh, follow the story of Maddie, who is a uh, part-time barista, part-time necromancer in some way, shape, or form. Not really sure just yet. Um, the build that I played this year is basically the first five minutes of the game. Um, so it's like introduces you to the world and, and how things are 
Um, the writing is so, so good. I could not stop smiling through the whole thing. Um, the music's really, really, like, uh, like atmospheric and fun and interesting. Um, and I can't wait to see what this game holds in store. Uh, we, we spoke to a couple of people. Um, we spoke to, like, the lead designer as well. He was really nice. Uh, but as I finished, I got I took the headphones off and put, the, put it down, finished the demo, got up, and it was one of the start. One of the devs was there, and he's like, "Oh, hey, did you enjoy it?" I said, "Oh, look, I love it. I'm so excited for this game. Big fan." Right, right, right. He's like, "Oh my god, thank you so much for that." And I was literally just about my, the, the next words out of my mouth were like, "Man, the writing is so good." And he's like, "Oh, I'm actually the lead writer on the game." And I was like, "Seriously?" I was about to say how much I really enjoy the writing in this game, and he's like, "Oh, are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." And he's like, "Thank you so much." Um, but yeah, we we were assured by all three of them that this game is coming out very soon, imminently almost. So, um, again, I won't go, we're going to, we're going to yeah. play this game. We're going to crack it open. We're going to talk about it. Oh, what? We're going to talk so much about this game. Um, and I'm, if it, I'm going to probably talk about it a lot more come the end of the year as well, I would say. Um, uh, and the last game I played, which really took me by surprise, even though I was sort of prepared for it to be good. Um, but I think we were both, you watched me play this and we, we were both like, Oh shit! Like I have wishlisted this, this game. Like I, have, yeah. I, I don't know if I've wishlisted a game faster. There was a situation today on Twitter where I saw a game <laughs> like oh, I should wishlist this, but like this, I was like in like I was watching you play for a, a hot second. I'm like, well, Steam add to wishlist. Yeah, good. I turned around and cards on his phone on Steam wishlisting. I downloaded it straight away. the Steam app to do it. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I didn't want to log into a website. I'm like, I'd rather just use the app and yeah, yeah. The story of how I got the Steam app. Um. No, like it's, it's a game called Unpacking. It's by a, a team, uh, the 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 dev team, uh, Witchbeam. Um, yeah, Witchbeam, because they've got a cool Witch, logo as well. They've got a fucking cool logo. I really like that. If anyone from Witchbeam is listening, your like studio logo is awesome. It's totally badass. Um, but Unpacking, it's a it's a, a unpacking simulator, really. It's really but, the best way to describe it. It's all like yeah, it's got this this gorgeous like sprite pixel style which mm. and it's just yeah it's pleasant to look at it's pleasant to look at it's sort of really relaxing to play um and there is also like i played through two levels sort of um and there's uh like a, a storyline so you're basically packing you're unpacking in a room uh in rooms through this person's life so the first one's in like 1997 i believe or 1999 or something like that um, and they're obviously quite young, so you're like pulling out toys and stuff and pencils and things, and you're like placing them around the room. Uh, and I, when I finished that first level, there was uh, and unpacked everything. There was two things that had a red outline around them, uh, and they were obviously in the wrong spot. So I had to like put them where they should go, and then I completed the level. Um, but there's like this like we spoke to one of the devs afterwards, and they were sort of saying there is a like they're like it's a simple story, but there's there is a like a narrative that runs through the whole thing. And I'm like, I'm already, I said to her, I was like, I'm already starting to get a feel for that. Like, and I'm excited to see where that goes. Don't you dare make me throw out my stuff. <laughs> yeah. I get like, Oh man. So, so the second level I played had three different rooms and like the boxes, were, some of the boxes had like stuff from the other rooms that weren't for that room specifically. So you had to like switch between rooms to put them in the right spot. Um, and you can also rotate a lot of these objects as well. And they have sort of unique, yeah. again, sprites. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, cool, it's, it's and cool detail. It's super calming and relaxing, and I, I really am looking forward to playing that. I think it's they said Q two or Q three twenty twenty. I think the really fun part for, for me as well, because I obviously didn't play it because I didn't want to. I didn't want us to occupy both demo stations. Uh, 
I was watching you play, and then there was also a person sat next to you also playing it, and it was just fun to compare how you were both unpacking, and I also learned a lot about your organization, Joel. Like, a lot. Well, look, you you stayed at my house for three days. You know what I'm like. <laughs> I'm a that was dumpster a, fire of a person. Another sort of fun layer to it was sort of watching you sort things out, and then I'd, I would look across, and this other person had sort of like, they were going through the, clo- the clothing, and then basically mm-hmm. started like laying all the shirts out and like matching up tops and bottoms. I'm like, oh my god, this game is this game is going to be fun. Like I will definitely be picking this up when it comes out. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. It was one of the um, that and Ring of Pain, and I think Necro Brewster were was Necro Brewster? Maybe it wasn't. Um, but they were the like there's like six games they pick every year, which are like the um, the uh, Pax Indies um, like showcase, like that they sort of highlight a lot more i think necro brewster was i'm not sure um but i know ring of pain was and unpacking was um and yeah i'm definitely definitely excited for unpacking um but yeah a lot of cool indies this year again um there wasn't a whole i i I had to sort of like there was nothing that really stood out to me immediately until i actually went and played some of them unpacking was probably the only one that was like i'm gonna play that at some point this weekend because i'm excited to play it like there's a few games that i sort of would stroll like there was one like situated next to unpacking XO one which I'm keeping an eye on like oh yeah that's right looked cool that's yeah on, you can wish list that on Steam it looks interesting didn't play it mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there yeah. any other indies we stroll past you didn't get a chance to really play Fall Guys but I know you're interested in that, interested in that as well I'm very excited for that um that had a pretty hefty like not a hefty queue but there was a, a line for that I should have just jumped in it but um yeah Fall Guys is basically like what if we made like a Mario Party game, but it was a battle royale? So yeah. like after every round, like people get knocked out, and it's I was like that sounds like a fucking good time. I was, it was like a really fun. It's like bright and colorful and stupid characters that yeah. uh, run around and stuff. It was really dumb looking, and it's you know published by Devolver, so sucker for that. Again, another one um, I didn't play, but I got to sort of I stood up with Brendan for a little bit and watched. I think it was Brendan. Was uh again I was the one I spoke to him about briefly on the podcast last week, which was Broken Roads. Mm-hmm. The, uh, yes. Basically, the Aussie version of Fallout, the old school Fallout, and yep. like XCOM sort of games, Wasteland, mm-hmm. sort of the open open world asymmetric RPG with like the turn based battles. Uh, that game yep. is looking very good. The art style looks gorgeous. It does the look very good. The writing looks super Australian. Oh yeah, it's going to be great. Always, it's always one of those weird things that we talked about this a bit with pre sequel, where we're like, that's just it's fun, right? To have. And that's what I'm also looking forward to about Necrobrister as well, to see those a lot of that Australian humour maybe come through in the writing. It's just going to be good. Uh, yeah, there was there was some of that come through already yeah. from the, the so, demos that I've played. Yeah, but, I'm very interested yeah. in that. But yeah, so that game is on my radar. Again, it was also pretty popular, so I didn't get a chance to play it, but they did very, like thankfully have like a pretty big TV playing the trailer, or, or yeah. even just like some gameplay for it. And yeah, got a good idea of what it plays like, and it's on my radar. Um, the, the the last thing that I, I put down here that I played was um, not really an indie, I guess, anymore, because they're a first-party Microsoft uh, studio now. But um, I played Bleeding Edge from Ninja I'm Theory. I'm actually very interested in Bleeding Edge, Joel. Um, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, considering the circumstances of a whole different, a bunch of different things. But, um, yeah, it wasn't much of a line for it. I just sort of walked up uh, and jumped in, jumped into a team. So, Bleeding Edge, at base level, it's melee Overwatch. So, there's, like, 
Well, hey, we can light, medium, heavy characters. A new Overwatch soon. That's what I mean. Like we, we're probably going to need a new Overwatch soon, unfortunately. But um, yeah. So uh, basically, like you've got uh, each character's got an ultimate. I think you've got two different ultimates you can choose between. Like so, you can like sort of set a different loadout. Um, I I really enjoyed when I played. It felt fun to play. I would really like to be able to play it on my own terms and sort of get a feel for all the characters. Like go into a training mode and like play around with the characters or even just play like some friendlies just to sort of, so everyone's on the same page. Like, all right, cool. We're figuring stuff out together. It's tough, right? Because we we did have this similar experience when it was several years back where we played the demo for For Honor. Yes. Which is very fun. But again, it's one of those sort of ones where where if a a game demo it packs through, and even when we, what was that? What was that Bethesda game? Oh my god! What was it called? Uh, it wasn't battle. Battle something because it was a battle. Ran- battle cry. Battle, battle cry. cry. Yes, because it was, it was battle cry studios. Battle yeah. born. Yep. And it was a, it was just a yes. Mess. But yeah, so like any sort of game like that where I throw you into PvP, it's always just yep. like I had fun, but I, it's hard. To, I'm like, was I, I don't know if I was doing things well. I just would like to sort of mess around a bit, but I understand because those games obviously are also best demoed. In, in there was throw you into PvP. There was a game that we played that a PvP demo of one year. All of us played, and they put you through a tutorial first, and then they chucked you into the actual. It was for honor, wasn't it? When we played it at PAX, was there? A, was oh wait, no, there was the introductory stuff because yeah, and so you get to play through a little bit. So my point is invalid. Yeah. For honor is a good way to do things. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was good. You're, you're, um, you have called me, and you're, you are correct. <laughs> I didn't actually mean to. I was like, "What was that no, game no. that we played?" Oh, actually, I think it was For Honor. Yeah, it was actually. Um, it was exactly For Honor. Duh. Whoops. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like bright, colorful characters still. Um, and yeah, I think it's something to keep an eye on because I think it's probably going to be free to play. Maybe. Well, I mean, I it, either way, it's going to be on Games Pass. Well, true. Yeah, uh, and it's because it's you know I think it's Ninja Theory's first like Microsoft exclusive. It is yes. So, um, but yeah, it, it was it was fun. I wanted to check it out, and I'm glad I did. Um, I'm looking forward to maybe checking it out a bit more in depth in the future. But um, but that's pretty much all I played. Um, but I know you play one more thing. I have one more from the Twilight Hours of the convention. It yes, was when, basically, when you hit Sunday in the afternoon, you've got to make a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you chose one of the indies, which was like I fully respect that but i figured if you were going to do that i might as well try and get something else and yep. my choice was one that involved an hour and 45 minute queue it Which was it was bananas. partially driven because i also wanted a pin I also wanted a well pin. yeah there was there was added element to yeah, that as well yes. exactly but um yeah that was of course um hollow knight silk song which of course is the the i want to say it's like well look, it's essentially a follow-up to hollow knight but Originally intended to be, I think, sort of like an expansion. It has grown to essentially being a sequel. Oh yeah, it's like it was supposed to be like a DLC, like yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, for those not well versed in the beauty of Hollow Knight, which I mean, at this, at this point, you really should be, honestly. Even if you just like, of course, I don't think you have to finish it to really appreciate the beauty of Hollow Knight. But hey, uh, Hollow Knight is of course an Australian made, a South Australian made. Metroidvania is the best way to describe it, with a lot, like a lot of strong Dark Souls vibes in it as well. Yeah, which is honestly just that's a cocktail that I'm going to enjoy right there. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's uh, made, you know, and we have enjoyed <laughs> made for me. My main problem yes. with Hollow Knight, and I'm hoping that maybe because this is an expansion become sequel, is 
Hollow Knight is huge. Like, I I think my save file was on about twenty five hours or thirty when I stopped playing, and I was just like, "That's so much game." Which is I'm on a lot more than that. <laughs> if you're looking for a meaty, great game to play, Hollow Knight is the one you want. Uh, but yeah, yep. so Silk Song sort of follows along that same that same vein of game style, gameplay style, except this time instead of playing as the Knight, you're playing as Hornet. Uh, Hornet, of course, being the, the you occasionally run into her as a boss in Holy Knight, and she's fucking rad, might I say? Yep, it's fucking awesome, she's fucking cool. Uh, so yeah, when you played the demo, you could pick from two different stages. I was a chicken, I admit it, because I hadn't played Holy Knight in an age, so I picked the easier of the two demos, and I kind of been kicking myself a bit now, but I was also just happy to play as Hornet. It was just fun, um, and. A lot of the gameplay style is, again, the trappings are very similar. Hollow, uh, Hornet has a couple of new things as well. For example, she can uh, mantle on edges, which is great. Sometimes yep. in Hollow Knight, in any sort of platforming game, it's any game, honestly, let's be honest here. <laughs> if yeah, you that's are it. jumping in an edge and you just like smack into it and you're like, well, down I go. <laughs> It depends on the game, I guess. There are yeah. some games where I'm like, I get that they're going for a certain feel. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. And like, but it does also, I guess it also sort of makes sense. Because Hornet's more agile. You get you pick up on that immediately when you're playing as a... So yeah, but she can mantle and climb up on edges, which is going to make for some interest. It, it immediately made me reconsider some things as well, because remembering Hollow Knight and not having that ability, when I saw a sort of tall like a, a high up platform i was like how do i get there and then it, on the opposite side and sort of hidden in the, the greenery i saw a spot i could jump over to it was just a bit too far but okay. then i remembered oh wait no hornet can grab couldn't like mantle so i jumped over and yeah she make it make you make it just far enough to climb up and you can sort of just mantle your way up there which was just a, little, a little thing but it was just nice to be able to like to know that i'll have to rethink some of my hollow knight platforming uh as far as combat goes I didn't get to try any of her abilities because of the demo I picked, sadly. Uh, yep. But her, her healing is similar to the Knights, where you basically tap a button or hold a button and she'll heal. Refilling it is a bit different, whereas in Hollow Knight, okay. I think you just got it back from hitting enemies. Yeah. I think you have to put... There's, there's specific silk you've got to pick up to refill it. Okay. Because right. her sort of operates on sort of like a... I think it looks like a, a cotton thread, unlike yeah. the Knights, which was like a... I guess a... It was like a potion, essentially, that you would fill up by doing doing attacks. Right. Uh, but I do like that she's got a very cool um, diagonally diagonal down slash. That was very fun to use against. Specifically on the boss, it was just great to... Because the boss was a very simple boss. Basic, your basic sort of fly left to right, occasionally slam the ceiling and drop some, some enemies down or some like rocks or stuff. But when it does attack, it sort of goes down low across the bottom and sort of goes from one side to the other. So I would just basically get in the air above it and just go diagonal slash, just bounce, bounce, bounce. Cool, that's three I, easy hits. <laughs> I did watch you do that in one of the dunk, boss dunk, fights. Dunk. I was like, it's just yep. fun. It's just fun. The combat yep. in those games is very good. And yeah, Hornet, I'm sure, will be a lot more fun to play. Not, I shouldn't say a lot more fun, but add a di- enough of a different twist to the gameplay from the first one to sort of keep things feeling fres- fresh. Uh, Worldwise, yep. still looks gorgeous. The music is still incredible. Oh, yeah, the controls are perfect. Stunning. Like, I cannot emphasize this enough. Like, if you like your Metroidvanias and your Dark Souls, you really should be playing Hollow Knight. Even if you just play a bit of it, because it is a big game. Or even if you can look up like a crit path guide for the main story stuff, because there's 
so much optional content in there now that you will get lost forever, which is great if that's what you're looking for. But yeah, I honestly cannot recommend Hollow Knight enough. Like, must yeah. play. And Silk Song is shaping up to be the exact same. Like, don't yeah. miss it. I'm yeah, I'm very excited for Silk Song. When whenever we get our hands on it, yeah, still really no date. Fin- still no date. I do need to finish. Uh, Hollow Knight, though. I am right. At the, I, I am up to the one of the final bosses, I think. Yeah, well, like, honestly, after playing this demo, like, I got back to your place and I'm like, well, starting fresh Hollow Knight save, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I might do the same thing, actually. I, can, I, I thought about going back to where I was, but I I don't remember how to play that game properly. Even after playing yeah. because that was the main reason I picked the easier of the two stages, because I'm like, I don't remember how to play Hollow Knight, and this it's a solid choice. my last demo of PAX, I want to make sure I get to the end. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I got my nice little pin. I didn't get Hornet because they were out, of course. But uh, of I, course. I didn't really, I didn't know who the character my pin was of was. But upon watching someone else do the other stage on, like over their shoulder, uh, she is in fact, or I think the character's name is Lice or Lace. And yeah, you fight yeah. them at the end of that second demo, and they look hard as shit. <laughs> yep. Basically, the, <laughs> the rules of this demo were: if you picked the 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 left one, which was the easier one, you could just play until you finished it. But if you pick the right one, you could play through the level until you reach the boss. But once you reach the boss, you had three shots, three lives. Yep. Um, so yeah, very cool. High Knight, so good. Team Cherry, geniuses. Can't wait to play the full version of Silk Song. I need it immediately, please. Yes, <laughs> me too. Um, is there anything else from, from PAX that... Um, there is one more. Quite you fancy? I think, I think what I'll do is what we'll do is now is we'll throw over to it. It's I played Darksiders Genesis. So I'm here with Brendan, who um, is on this show occasionally, and he's joining me to talk about Darksiders Genesis, which is a game we both played at PAX Australia. Well, yeah, PAX Australia, what a blast. Yeah, um, yeah. I forgot, I need to, I, I, we're going to do, we're going to try and do an episode soon. Yeah. So we want to get your opinion on PAX Australia. Okay. But um, Darksiders Genesis, when I first saw it, it's fair to say that it looked like Diablo, right? Yeah, it definitely felt like it looked like they were going for that ARPG angle. Yeah, right. And I think that sort of coloured how I assumed it would play. Yeah, um, and don't get me wrong, I love an ARPG. Oh yeah, I love the numbers go up. Oh, yeah, that's... I'm a sucker for them. I, yeah. I play heaps of them, and that's why this game did actually catch my attention. And I don't want to like we haven't even talked about how it plays yet, but like, yeah. uh yeah, like I made a lot of assumptions. How about you? Like when it was announced before we actually went hands on with it. Yeah, I, I honestly was exactly down that path as well. And then when they went, um, you know, Strife is the main character for it. I'm like, okay, cool. So Strife doesn't get his own game. You're you're pulling the plug on this. Um, I mean, admittedly, you know, his power is gone. It's gone. It yeah. seems so. That's, maybe that's not that exciting. Like um, the, the other the other horsemen is at least like they can look to other games to make him fun. Yeah. But I guess for with the power of gun, what do you look at? Like, Dirge of Cerberus. First person shooter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> FPS Darksiders would be very strange. Um, but yeah, I did not expect them to do. I really expected expected a, I guess a, Darksiders themed ARPG. Yeah, like yeah. I went in there, I picked up a controller because it was a very short queue. We basically just yeah. walked straight up, and the guy was like, "You want to play?" And we we're like, "Well, that's I guess, we're here. yeah, I sure. guess well, why not?" I was going to yeah. look at it, but, um, and immediately I was not thrown out, but I was I was somewhat surprised. I'm like, oh, it's basically just like an isometric Darksiders game. It was exactly Darksiders. Like, and <laughs> Which was, was kind of impressive. Of, it was really. kind of cool, honestly. Like, and I'm, I've got to admit, I'm more in on Darksiders Genesis than I was yes. before I played it. Yeah, because when it was just presenting itself as sort of like a 
again, I, I hate to make the Diablo claim, but when you already look at the art style of Darksiders, like, yeah. it's kind of hard to not draw yeah. that comparison. And um, that, that Joe Madeira art is so nice. Like, the oh, style yes. is... And the style is carried through all of the Darksiders games, which is really... It's, you know, it's not impressive, because that's your game, but it's it's very consistent, it's, yes. and it's very recognisable. And it looks cool. It looks very cool. It looks very cool. But... Uh, so, yeah, I guess... When I when I started pick, playing the game and I found out it's like okay that's my light attack my heavy attack a jump button yeah this is all very weird for me this yep. is not Diablo this is a yeah it's Dark straight up Dark you've moved uh, the camera out a bit yeah you've just pulled it and out given me a friend though. a friend which honestly could be really good yeah absolutely because uh, yeah the biggest thrown out for me was like I was just ready I'm like can't wait to see what sort of loot I get yeah like, wait no this is a Diablo game. But see, the, the weird thing about that is that Darksiders 2 was a Diablo game. Yeah, Darksiders I know. That is a really good point. Had that was like a, loot. It was like a third-person Diablo game. Yeah. Man, i got to go back and finish that game. That game was good. It's a good game. It goes yeah. for about six years. It goes for, like, my entire life. But um, it's very good. Probably my favourite Darksiders game, I think. Mm. I just really like how Death plays. It's got a good yep. comment style. So I guess we should probably talk about that because... Yep. In the demo presented, and then as I was feverishly Googling before we yeah. started recording, and you can negate everything I say after this where I mention the possibility. Yeah, sure. So far, Strife and War are the playable characters. You got to play as Strife and I was playing yeah. as War. Um, no mention of Death or Fury at yeah. this point? Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, they could, be, they could say, oh, they're not available because they're not in the plot at this time. But I'm pretty sure all of the Darksiders games happen concurrently. Or at least Darksiders think, 1 happens first and then 2 and 3 happen at the same I think, time? No, I think... Two, I thought 1 and 2 ran pretty concurrently because yeah. 3 starts with... I can say this because I just started yeah. played the intro. Yeah. It starts with Fury walking up, like getting summoned because wars and chains because yeah. that happens after 1. After 1. And I feel like during 2, like, Death doesn't really know what's happening. Yeah. Probably should have refreshed now. Yeah. But, but either way, like... Either way. But this is, you know, this has got war and strife at the same time, which suggests that war hasn't been imprisoned yet. So it's yeah. but, And it's called Genesis in, exactly. a, in a consistently oh. creative video game naming system of pick a biblical chapter um, <laughs> and we'll run with that. So, yeah, you would think it's the original, like it, it's set before all of the... all of the games. So the plot, the plot summary that I've pulled up here on Wikipedia... Yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So the horsemen were ordered to use their newfound strength to wipe out the rest of their kind. What followed was a bloody battle on Eden where the horsemen, obeying the will of the council, annihilated the Nephilim. Still reeling from the events on Eden, War and Strife have been given a new assignment. Lucifer, the enigmatic and deceptive demon king, has been plotting to upset the balance. So that sort of sounds like it is before, right? Uh, yeah. Because the, ba- the balance yeah. is pretty thoroughly thrown out by the yeah, time the we get to... the balance is pretty shot. <laughs> by, um, by, Dark even Siders... by Dark Souls 1. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like it does sound like it. I mean, and I, to be fair, I don't believe they've actually said they won't be playable. That's true. There is still time for updates, and maybe I wouldn't mind at all. Like I'm super. I really want Strife to be a main character. Yeah, because yeah. like imagine, like War gets this game, yeah. Death gets this game, Fury gets this game, and Genesis uh, for, for Strife is like you're sort of in this game. Yeah, you are twenty five percent of this like, game. You're a bit of it. It's like yeah. oh okay, like. He oh. did. They did have dialogue. Yeah, they which did. Which was like, and Stri- which was nice. And Strife seemed to have his own personality. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is a little How- bit of the edge lord smart aleck, but whatever. Yeah. It's, it's he's got own- guns. That's what they do. He's got guns, and he's got guns and a sweet scarf. Um, uh, and to be fair, none of the other um, 
none of the other horsemen fit that role. No, like, war is super serious, death is super serious, Fury's just really angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So fair enough, Strahd can yeah. be the, the, the smartass. Uh, I will ask you, because like, I want to know how he played, because I would describe how playing his war was, yep. but honestly, if you played Darksiders 1, it's kind of how he felt. You know, he's got his light, his heavies, he has his, like... Um, boomerang thing that he throws yeah. out from Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> Which I imagine at some point in the game will be taken off him and locked in a dungeon Probably, about three yeah. hours into Darksiders 1 uh, <laughs> so that you can go and get it again. He can. You, I did notice that you can toggle that particular piece of gear because I could swap between the boomerang thing and his like, grab hand that he has. Oh yeah, I love that So he seems hand. to have a lot of his tools from yeah. Darksiders 1, so whatever. But um, like honestly, apart from that, he really did feel like war. He had even his like big. What are they called when they? They're Devil Trigger. Yeah, that's the the, the Devil de- Trigger. Their I'm version sure. of Devil Trigger. It's not called that, but that's what I'm calling it. It's the the, the it has a name. Mushroom. You mushroom. Just, you get <laughs> yeah, big. you get yeah. really big, and he made a fire, and yeah. that seemed pretty much the same as Dark Side's one. But how was Strife? How did Strife? Strife feel? was pretty cool. Um, I couldn't. The thing is about like with War and with Death, having played the earlier Dark Side, you can look at it and be like, cool, that's this move. With Strife. Um, and because it was admittedly a bit of an earlier build and it yeah, wasn't oh, yeah. we should, pi- we, it was a bit pixely which is we should, fine we should I, say that like the, the guys at the booth did say it was an early and build and I'm fine because you yeah. know what that, that art style still shines through mm. even though it was a bit pixely and a bit um, hard to see but it did mean that I couldn't always tell exactly what he was doing yes. like you could tell what the outcome was you're like cool light light heavy I can see what I'm doing I can see what I need to avoid but when I push a button and Strife doesn't attack because you don't know that character you can't always yeah. interpret exactly what he's doing it just does a thing numbers enemies <laughs> die fantastic result I don't think uh, that was numbers this time though no there wasn't it's actually just it was just health bars going down yeah which um, isn't as satisfying and he had some but... super cool like he had you have your you know your, your light and heavy which were daggers he had two short swords or daggers Ooh. that he would uh, strike with I'm already um, invested in Strife yeah where's his big third um, person game <laughs> well yeah but he would he would go through those and then you have then you you know get enemies down to like a third health or whatever and you get an inst- you get a quick kill animation like a glory kill yeah I did not because uh, War had that as well yeah so it, was, it must just be a game mechanic yeah because his was back. just sort of like a Spider kick. Oh yeah, that's right. You were giggling to yourself while you were spider. There was like spider kick, and there was one where he like jams his sword into him and sort of just slams him down over the other side of him. Um, Felt pretty cool. The two I saw on a smallish kind of enemy is that you would be gunning around the place with your two two big pistols, and then he would sort of jam them both, like getting close, jam them both in under. Uh, the torso or under the neck or something again couldn't quite make it out but get right in against them two guns in there and then just boom that's really cool blow them to bits. like that's a classic move but yeah, it's, it's, just, a, classic it's, a, it's move. a cool move it's a classic takedown yeah um, and the other one on bigger enemies where that was maybe not so effective is that he would actually jump on their backs with his knives oh, nice. i didn't and see just knife them in the neck i didn't see the big takedowns for war damn <laughs> um, i mean it might have been the difference between spider kick or the overhand stand. that's true because that's, that's, that's the two that i saw and it okay. seemed to be based on the size of the enemies because okay, cool. the small ones he would always do the gun yeah gun boom so yeah um, a lot of enemies yeah he would just do the spider kick yeah um the devil trigger was still there um i didn't i did see he had two types of gun modes to switch between okay which was almost like a like a um rapid shot not a machine gun but just like rapid pistols um and it looked kind of like a, a higher power shotgun style shot so like probably slower uh, yeah yeah it definitely okay. was Makes sense. Um, but you could switch between that i was kind of i couldn't quite see what the purpose of that was other than varying your damage how you wanted to deliver it yeah. but it wasn't like a different ability like war clearly had but again my ability wheel might have had different abilities there was, there's a lot of space there that hasn't been filled out that's so. right and i didn't and i might not have recognized them because i don't know strife mm. as a character yeah yeah and that's the other thing like i guess because it 
now I know it really is sort of like an isometric Darksiders game. Yeah. There's a lot of possibilities for like, like what they can unlock for these characters. Yeah. He had like a sweet air dash um, and a double jump, uh, which I don't think War had. I didn't see you do an air I dash. I think he did. I just didn't. It just didn't. It doesn't yeah. feel right to jump around as War. Yeah. But like, because he does He's a stompy have, guy. Yeah. Isn't he? he has a jump attack. Like he can double jump and then he can slam down, which is a great. Yeah. Just a. It's a good tool to have. I love that sort of attack. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was also like again because it's a Darksiders yeah. game. Even if the camera's pulled right up, like. Yeah platforming and like yeah, jumping onto climbable walls and the, the climbable walls is just Darksiders for me like if you played any of those three games when you jump onto a wall it's like and it's one hand like, in the thing yeah you one hand like a beam that's kind of half built into the wall and you yeah. go like well I don't know why anyone would put this here but <laughs> yeah. fair and you run along it with your, with your claw hand yeah. on that that's Darksiders yeah. like, is it a Darksiders game can you do this yeah. now it's in there yeah. can confirm Darksiders game and you absolutely game. can and you can follow those beams around and drop it from one to another jump up higher um, you've got the drop down, you know, where you can see in an isometric game, you can see the ledge beneath you with a switch or a chest on you, it. You did so you, go secret hunting. Yeah, so you jump off the ledge and then air dash back into um, to land there and get that chest. It's really interesting. Um, I assume that's a currency, all those little blue skulls we were picking up. Yeah. Because we got up to twelve or 13,000. Well, because, like, you do. I mean, the stuff you spend in the, the other Dark... Well, at least, again, I'm pretty sure in Dark Souls 3, the stuff I was picking up to spend on what's his face. Mm. Oh yes, Volgram. Uh, Volgram. Mark yeah, Hamill. Pretty, not, but not Mark Hamill and Darkseid. Oh, right. He's my favorite part of Darkseid is one and he's, two. He's very good. Yeah. Uh, I assume that is sort of like a currency, but for, again, I don't remember one and two. It's been a while. I'm only going off three because it was recent. Yeah. In three, it was sort of it operated sort of like Dark Souls, where it was souls, and you would just sort of pour it into an ability. That's right. So that might be similar. Uh, didn't really get to mess around with any of that. It was really just sort of like the short gameplay demo. It was actually pretty hard as well. That's what I was about to bring up. Is that we. Died a lot. We got our butts kicked. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, I was still playing it sort of too much like a Diablo. Where you can just kind of just rail through stuff. Yeah. But I, mean, I, de- I feel like there's definitely, you've got to be more on the ball with enemy attacks yes. and dodging. Yeah, that dash is going to be important. Yeah. Because I definitely, I started dashing and I found myself surviving better. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of times when it was just like, whoop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> got, that little, got that little telltale circle with, uh, yeah. with War's face in it. And then, you know. The revive is it doesn't feel... I mean, I don't know what, what else I can really do with it. Yeah, but it, does, it didn't feel super. It's you, you, great. you dash up there and you hold the hold the button long enough to yeah, get and, ho- and maybe hope you don't get knocked away. Yeah, yeah, which is it's a little bit standard. You know, it's the industry standard. Revive yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, it's and it, admittedly, it was easier to do than in Borderlands. I'll give it that. It's, uh, it's nigh impossible in Borderlands sometimes. Yeah. Especially on Mayhem when the, the stages are just exploding because of a billion enemies. Like, yeah. And if like, you, or well, if I'll you've... see you guys after I bleed out because yeah. there's no way you're getting me up. Or if you've got... Um, some reason on Borderlands I have a notorious amount of difficulty as Flak. Just you're finding giant. the point. And I'm, yeah. and I'm just tiny. Just finding the point on the person <laughs> where you're allowed to hold A and it's very frustrating. Borderlands uh, Darksiders didn't seem to have that problem. No. Um, it did... Sometimes it you would sort of... become difficult. You'd blend in with yeah. the background. That was tricky. Not but sure that's again, a bug or anything. Yeah, I think that probably was a bug or a glitch because I found even while playing, sometimes the lighting on my character, I just kind of turned just, just, just flat grey. Just grey. You're like, where not am I? Not monotone, not in shadow, but just like flat grey. Because, I mean, it's not exactly a massive detriment or surprising, but the environments are very dark. So, like, as yeah. soon as my character would accidentally go grey, I'm like, I honestly... Where am I? <laughs> Got to sh- uh, I just have to shoot. Yeah. And oh, there I am. Swing my sword. Okay, yeah. I think I'm there. But um, again, yeah, early build, so could be just like uh, yeah. Bugs. And uh, honestly, I look forward to it because being dark and dreary is not something. That's something you expect from you know a Diablo game, maybe Diablo two, or Path of Exile or something like that. Not necessarily from a Darksiders game because they are they're they're pretty grim dark, but they're also that art style is really kind of 
hyper stylized yeah. and they're not afraid to chuck color around yeah so um, like, i i do hope the environments vary a bit more because mm-hmm. that did seem very just it's yeah, a dungeon I mean, yeah it was it was it was a, it was a hell dungeon yeah it's like you know what you're in for broken bridges and mm. some fire down below and weird colluses climb parts that don't make any sense i always want to know like same rules with these uh with you know alien infested military bases and stuff i just want to know what the purpose of that building was when it was intact uh what was this was our, this was our biggest question in Diablo three. That's nearly a podcast on its own. Just yeah, walking in some of yeah. those things and going, "How is this under that? Yeah, and what is all that for? Why did you build this? What's <laughs> what was its purpose? purpose? What was its purpose when you were really just worried about the harvest? Yeah, like, what were you doing with this? <laughs> Maybe you should have spent more time actually working on the harvest than building this five floor, five floor like ridiculous like yeah castle no, that, underground. Yep, that's exactly yep the um underneath uh. I can't even remember the name of it now. The, the first act castle under, in Diablo three, where it's just underneath, um, underneath the the um, king's palace. Yeah. And it's this massive dungeon, and What's you go down there and you're like, "Who built this? Would you have time? We have we have the found diary logs of you first moving here, so you must have built it in the last like ten years or twenty. And that's years. amazing, honestly. That's incredible. Like this is this is way over pyramid level. The of work. craftsmanship is yeah. insane. <laughs> the craftsmanship. The architecture. Yeah, I can't believe it. And it, and it shifts sometimes. Yeah. Insane. Incredible. Um, but yeah, Dark Side Genesis looks very cool. It's on my radar now. Yeah, you know what? It's it's on mine pretty solidly. I'm looking forward to giving it a crack formally. Um, uh, interesting what I'm learning here, but actually the studio making it is um, Airship Syndicate, <laughs> who most recently made Battle Chasers Night War. That, like, I did not play it, but it's no. review, it's everything I've heard about it very very good and it's one of those games that I look at on Steam like every other yeah. day and I'm like oh I should give that a shot every time it's on sale on Switch I'm like I should really buy you yeah I do like this art so style so now that I know that that's the same people and yeah. I might actually give it a look but yeah well thank you for joining me to talk about Darksiders no worries I'm just trying to think if there's anything else aside from the difficulty that was weird um, yeah I'm just I'm looking forward to see where they take it yes. and for Horsemen yes please, please. like if you want to stick to two players, fine. But yep. at least give us the other two horsemen. What I'm looking for here is I'm looking for, you know, maybe, yeah. If you're going to stick to two players, give us the other two horsemen. Probably DLC, let's be real. Um, but I want to see co-op in Darksiders as a standard. Yeah, that like... That would be tops. Darksiders 4. Darksiders 4 horsemen. It should be. Let's go. I, Bring I, them all. I honestly... Co-op it. Now we're talking about it. That could be a possibility. Yeah, ARP. Bring the ARPG from. Like maybe uh, that's why Stripe is just being like, we'll get Stripe in here. We'll yeah. introduce him. So we get to Dark Siders Four. We can have a Four Horsemen. Yeah, Dark Siders Four Horsemen. Bring them all. Do it. Uh, and we let it play. Wonderful players. Oh, you guys figure that out. That would be so You good. guys figure out the puzzles. <laughs> yeah. How you make that. How you make that work. <laughs> exactly. with four players. Uh, I'm going to sit here and critique. But... A four player Dark Siders would be very cool. Yep. Um, but yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. No worries at all. Thank you for having me. Um, look forward to Pax. 2020 it's so far away it's so far away <laughs> it's like nearly the maximum amount of it exactly the maximum away. we don't even know when it is yet oh, there's no yeah. dates so we're just like sort of waiting twiddling our thumbs or well, where it is don't it's in Melbourne it's, it's going to be in Melbourne it'd be crazy if it wasn't yeah. well, thank you very much thank you for joining me yeah we're back yes of course uh, so yeah Dark Side Genesis was weird as you probably heard from that that little audio clip there, did you mm. what have you what did you think of? Because I made a lot of assumptions when I saw Genesis and the demo. Yeah, definitely didn't change them, but I was just like, well, I was wrong about a few things. Yeah, I look. I thought like watching you guys play it. I'm like, this looks like fun. Like yeah. it, it is rough, but I did hear one of the one of the people at the booth there saying, oh, it is a true. Uh, it, it is a very early build. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was looked rough, and I don't know. I'm interested in it, but it's only two-player, though, isn't it? From what I can tell, yeah. But I, I yeah. believe I did hear one of the devs, or someone of a booth saying that, um, yeah, the other hit, I think the other characters are in it, but the demo was just, yeah, right. Strife and War. That's, yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. It's, are we keeping my eye on it? Uh, it's not like I didn't, I didn't hate it, but with, it probably needs some polishing and some, some more just explanation really to really hook me. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I like, it's something I'm like, oh, okay. Interesting. You yeah. know, but honestly, yeah. that really, that is my, that is my packs. Really? That's yeah. Pax was, um, it was good. I really enjoyed this year. I had yeah, a good time. I mean, I always do. Um, but yeah, I felt like the show was a lot of fun this year. Um, even more than normal. I, I I really enjoyed my weekend. So I know it's, I know it's impossible to really do. But if we could somehow tone down the hype, man, just those <laughs> yeah. shouty booths trying to give. I I get it. I get I, um, it. They probably I, pay well, but yeah. I did see. I think uh, Brendan uh, from Eight Bit. Brendan from Eight yeah. Bit has got some words to say about that. If you yes. listen to the uh, Hungry Gamers podcast, so he, he tweeted um, out I'm, about it, and I, I responded saying, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard echoes of them in my dreams." <laughs> I'm never going to be free. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, it's not perfect. It, it never will be. But and I, again, I know that they like, for better or worse, we can probably we should be thankful towards them because I'm sure they pay a lot of money to for the rights to the ability to do that stuff. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes so, it's, it's hard not to be bitter when you look at you looked at the Doom Eternal booth and you're like, look at the space just next to you that you could use and have more have more, more setups. Stations, yeah. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, but... Joel, but I do want to quickly bring up because we we okay. didn't we didn't play this. Final Fantasy fourteen was there, and their booth was incredible. And watching that fight against Eden Prime was stressful. Oh yeah, I as someone who's never played an MMO before, like I was watching that, just going, I am thoroughly confused. But by the end of it, I was like, all right, go, go team, you it, can do it's it. It's a bullet hell MMO, and it's so weird. Like, yeah, the way that that game ramps up is crazy. But yeah. I just wanted to give a, a shout out to the Shadowbringers booth for just being. I always, it, whenever Shadowbring, like whenever fourteen is there, I usually do a lap. I'm like, what are they? Because I'm never going to get to that point of fourteen. I own fourteen, yeah. and I'm currently going through it again. Like I'm yep. trying to get to like Heaven's Ward. I'm like two pat, like two expansions behind. It's just crazy that game. It's yeah, insane. But yeah, that is my packs. That's that's the last thing I wanted to draw attention to. All right. Well, I reckon that's uh, that's a, that's an episode. It's a PAX yeah. episode. It is the PAX Stravaganza 2019. PAX. Oh, you tell me I'm not allowed to do that. No, no. You, you try to say jam packed. Well, it was pretty jam packed. It was, year, but so. guess what? PAX Stravaganza. I got him first. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of my, uh, uh, yeah, terrible jokes. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Bring us on home then, Cone. Right, man. Uh, as always, thank you for listening to this week, this week's episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast. We do appreciate it. Uh, I hope if there's any particular game that we played that you're, you're interested in, ask us about it. Like, um, there's so much that you just walked past and sadly were just like, I wish I could play you. Like, oh yeah, for Pokemon sure. Pokemon Sword and Shield. I, I'm so curious. Like the demo doesn't look that different, but I just would like to see how you look in motion up, up close. Yep. Like, yep. Oh, well. uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that like, um, I was going to I try- missed most of the Nintendo booth, but it's a, it's, like Nintendo, I think pretty consistently has my favorite booth every packs. Yeah, just a really yeah. good booth design, booth layout. Uh, but it yeah, was good. Yes, 
Uh, if you want to keep up with us on the social medias, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we are just dialogue options. I posted a lot of the pit. I got a lot of snaps from the show floor that I've been posting on on the Instagram account. So head over there if you want to have a bit of a look, have a bit of a squiz. Um, yeah. Well, I also I put it on my on my personal Instagram account, but maybe I'll put it on the dialogue options one. Just like a, it was like a minute video of a countdown for the Doom Eternal stuff. It was ah, oh, so good. It was something else. It was I, I, I mostly commented going, like waking up yesterday. I was like, it's weird not waking up to this. Like, yeah, I felt like I need to put the song on and just. Is that, like, should get I just make bed to like it. BFG Division my alarm? I don't know. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be the best. That'd get you. That'd pump you up in the morning. That'd be so fire. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, if you want to find us, what I also before I move on, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Feel free to drop us, or we would appreciate if you dropped us likes, thumbs, shares, stars, whatever it is, reviews, because uh, yep. it does help. It makes a lot of difference. It really does. Uh, as for me on Twitter, you can find me where I am at X, where most of my tweets have been PAX related. Where's one that's not specifically PAX related? Oh, God. You know what? It's all PAX. Uh- <laughs> it's all PAX. All packs. What, all I will, the time. what I will give you is I showed incredible self restraint with you in the city last week, yesterday, Joel, and I didn't buy that air of play arts Kai, even though I really, really want it. Yeah, I'm proud of you, Kai. I'm, I'm telling myself that I can get it cheaper than $249, but yep. I'm not sure if it's the case after shipping. But you know what? <laughs> I managed to walk away without it. Uh, where can I find you, Joel? Uh, you can find me at Jolly Mac, where the last thing I tweeted was a photo of me at the Link's Awakening. Uh, a photo opportunity because I had to do it so I could get a pin. And I did and it. You, I got a pin. You got your pin. I got my pin. Yeah. Uh, I also been posting about how I started watching Carol on Tuesday. It's very, very good. It's a very good. Show. Um, Highly recommend. And uh, I also about the Death Stranding Timefall soundtrack, which oh, is going to be pretty. God, damn that game good. is getting here so quickly. I don't know if I'm ready. Yep. Yep. It's but so even, even regardless, it's happening. <laughs> it's so close, and I'm excited. <laughs> Um, but yeah that's about it for me alright then well in that case I will let our wonderful theme song see us out and we will catch you guys again very soon see ya bye Options podcast.